What is up, people? And thank you so much for listening in to this episode of the New Generation Sport Talk Podcast. I am your host, EJ Stewart. This is going to be pretty much our draft recap show since uh, we did not have, we haven't had a show since the NBA draft took place last week. A lot has happened since then. Um, we've gotten a lot of reaction from these teams and, and their plans heading into the summer and what's going to be a really a monumental few weeks in July. Uh, some weeks that we'll actually be spending in July uh, yes. in Las Vegas because we'll be at the Summer League for the second week of the Summer League. So like some YouTube content. Yeah, yeah, we'll have some content for you guys. We'll have some new smoke. Speaking of YouTube comment content, um, obviously we're going to talk plenty about the draft today, but if you want to see our pre-draft content in which we ranked uh, the top players at each position, you should go to our YouTube channel. Yeah, Generation we're, we're giving you guys no evaluation of prospects on this podcast because go watch the video <laughs> if you want to think. How do I feel about R.J. Barrett? Go watch the video. <laughs> oh, no, you will get so you will get uh, some evaluation, but obviously, if you want to see uh, our, our pretty faces and uh, and some uh, content that you can hold us to, because so, you know, for some reason, we all start saying some different stuff. Like you know, Kendall today he's gonna be like, you know, I like Carson Edwards. <laughs> so, yes, so get ready for that, because because that's that. not what he said in our YouTube video. So get you should definitely that, go man. check out that content on yeah, uh it's a tough business, on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> tough business when you you put yourself on the internet. Look, man, that's what look that's what Colin Cowher said, right? He, he said like, yo, I, I I forget about what I said, you know, last week or whatever. <laughs> like you know, he don't he don't care. Um, but yeah, so check out that those YouTube videos for our, our pre-draft analysis. I'll, I'll, I'll explain show. my uh, I'll explain my change in feeling when we get to the Celtics talk. So we got plenty of draft stuff. We'll talk some free agent stuff. The Nets now appear to be the favorites, according to Vegas, uh, to land Kyrie Irving and uh, Kevin Durant. Um, though it seems a little unclear from any source reporting what Durant's interest is in the Nets, even to this day. And reading through the tea leaves, I don't want to sound like the optimistic Nick fan, but reading through the tea leaves, it sounds like he's being trying. People are trying to sell him on on not doing what he wants to do, which is probably go to the Knicks and then tie, team up instead with Kyrie. So we'll break that down. Uh, we got plenty of stuff in the Who's Flames, Who's Trash yes. segment for this week. A lot of very diverse, uh, a very diverse list yeah, this we week. We had the NHL draft, so that'll be a part of that. Yes, well. very very diverse list, and of course, we'll and we had a show. major athletics program in college sports. Uh, it's changing conferences. Major Anything. universities changing conferences. I get the feeling I'll be a part of your uh, Kendall's court this week. It will be. So we got a good show, man. Hope you guys enjoy this one. I'm going to have fun with it. We've already had fun for the first two minutes of this show. But let's talk about the NBA draft. So the NBA draft took place last Thursday. It was weird. It was weird because did there Zion were there were a one? million trades. Huh? No, wait. Did Zion not go one? No, no, Zion did go one. Zion did go, go one. Durant did go two. Did Barrett go three? Barrett went three. All right. After that, so it, it got very weird. Right. Um, you had the Hawks uh, trading up into the draft to get uh, DeAndre Hunter, and they, they were now pairing him with Cam Reddish, who they took at 10. And I got to say one thing. This is kind of a random right, go, thought. Go, you're going to go in the Hawks? Uh, this is not a Hawks thing, uh, but we can talk about the Hawks in a second. Why are people upset about the hats? Oh, those hats are whack. No, uh, who cares? Oh, you're talking about the draft. Oh, you're talking about people like, are, uh, people, the people wearing the wrong hats. Yeah, people are like, why are people, why are these guys wearing the wrong hats? They should get rid of the hats. What I told. This has been, they've been doing this forever. Why yeah. is this a, a problem this what, year? What I told our brother Henry, because that was the conversation 
or we saw some, maybe somebody else was talking about it. What I told them was the bigger problem, if you if these talking heads on these networks, like NBA TV and ESPN have that problem, they're the ones showing the, the, the you know, broadcasting the, the event. If they have a problem with it, maybe, maybe what they should do is change the graphic. That would not confuse people. Because sure. as, as, a, as a viewer, I mean, there, like you said, there were so many trades. By the time we got to the 20s, and the, by the time we got to the second round, I know who was picking. I was like, <laughs> oh, this pick was traded this way, and they got traded like three times, but this was from a trade two years ago. So, like, they were a team that had first-round picks. They were getting drafted to teams. It got, it got to the point where <laughs> the, the, the announcers didn't know where these guys were going. The announcer, you know, Reese Davis would, would say, like, yeah, you know, this guy's going to be a great fit in Brooklyn. And it's like, oh, no, he got traded, like, 20 minutes ago. He didn't even realize it. So, honestly, I think it's more, it should be more incumbent upon ESPN to just don't say the Lakers drafting for. I know that's what it says in the arena. Right. Don't say the Lakers drafting. Yeah, the one, yeah, the, the Pelicans traded for the pick, and you know they traded for yeah. the pick, say the Pelicans. And if for whatever reason the trade blew up, you know, in a way that's never happened before, then, then say, look, the trade was agreed upon. Right. It's not, it's not on us. It's on Woj. It's on the teams. But it wasn't agreed upon trade. So I have a less problem with the hat, more problem with the actual graphic. Um, that's think, more confusing. I think I, I just think it's not a big deal. Uh, people seem to make a big deal of stuff that isn't. Who cares? I don't. I'm not even paying attention to what hat they're wearing. That has nothing to do with. Uh, how I'm approaching, and I and feel like, like, they, I feel they, like they, they change the hats in the back. It's not like not like DeAndre Hunter wearing a Laker hat in the team. Yeah, they take the them, they take them joints off like as soon as yeah, they, they step off the stage. Basically. Exactly. Um, but anyway, uh, it was an interesting draft. There were a lot of trades. Um, there were a, there were quite a few surprises for sure. Um, it yes. wasn't like you no. Know, I'm were, glad there were. Yeah, yeah. It was not a chalk draft yeah. at all. I mean, shows you Bowl Bowl, who I, I I think I've said I thought someone was gonna take him in the top ten. Yeah, I, I was I adamant that, about that. Yeah, I made that case as well. And and he went in the second round. I felt less confident <laughs> as I as I as I thought more about it. I was like, it doesn't make sense to draft this dude in the top five in the lottery. But clearly, they clearly nobody thought it made any sense. They didn't think it made sense to draft. By the time we got to like, by the time we got into the thirties, I told you I was like, I don't know if he's getting drafted tonight. No, I knew he was getting drafted. I know he's getting drafted because. He's too talented not to get drafted. And once you pass on everyone once, I mean, it's going to be hard to find a team that was going to that was gonna be like... Because my, my logic was like, all right, like once he got past like the, the 30s, it was like, all right, now it's the teams that he was talented enough, like you say, the top 10 talent problem. So once you got past that top 10 in the second round, then it's like, all right, all these teams had the chance to draft him knowing he's the best player available and didn't draft him. Yeah, clearly him. he wasn't on their board. So clearly, yeah, that was my thing. Like, clearly he's not even on these teams' board. Miami, clearly, or not Miami... Uh, Denver, <laughs> you made it say stupid, yeah, <laughs> the Miami Heat, so like, whoa, whoa. Uh, Denver, clearly, you know, ironically enough, same team that drafted Michael Porter, had no problem with it. Uh, I think the, the question to start with this conversation on the draft is the one that everyone wants to ask. It's very simple. Who won the draft, in your opinion? Oh, uh, man. Uh, look, I, I never liked the whole winners and losers thing. I, the more I've gone, the, the longer I, I follow the draft in both the NBA and NFL, I realize that especially in the NBA because the draft classes aren't that big, so it's not really an accumulation of a sure. whole draft class. Like, the NFL, you really have to wheel and deal. You can get three, four guys that someone likes. Like, the NBA draft is just like, you know, most, sometimes. Most teams are getting two guys. Yeah, at the most, most. two guys. Yeah, two guys. Sometimes one, sometimes three, you know. But, um, look, so a lot of times we talk about who's the winner. It's a team that had multiple first-round picks, you know, team that drafted guys that were plotted to go higher, <laughs> typically. Um, look, I feel like Atlanta did solid in this draft. You know, I love Cam Reddish, so I'm not going to 
knock that pick. I feel like Cam Reddish at 10, great value. I don't necessarily love the fit of him in Atlanta, just for him personally, but um, I don't think he did. I, I don't think they did terribly. And I don't love. I didn't love the value on the Andre Hunter trade, um, but the fit of Reddish and Hunter in Atlanta seems like it could work. Uh, the obvious winner for me is New Orleans, and that's easy to say because they got Zion. Um, I watched the Duke game again this week, and I watched the game against Indiana. Um, because obviously the Celtics got Romeo Langford, we'll talk about later. Uh, and you could see on, he's on the floor with four other lottery picks, and Zion's just on a completely different level. Like it's, it, it was, it was uh, eye-opening to like remember how good Zion was because we get lost in the hype. But regardless, um, it's easy to say New Orleans, but the the it was a shrewd move of David Griffin to trade down when a lot of people like me even were saying go for the star. I w- I would have still would have traded for Bradley Beal or somebody or Zach Levine or Aaron Gordon, but they went for Jackson Hayes and Nikhil Alexander-Walker, two guys who I think could very easily be better than DeAndre Hunter. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't shock me at all if both of them were better, or at least one of them were better. So you got both of those guys, two guys who much I think are much better fits on the roster, um, and you got a future first, and you were able to unload Solomon Hill. So I think the, 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 the Pelicans... Um, Came away, I think the obvious one winner in this in this draft. Um, I would agree. I think the Pelicans had uh, an extremely good night, extremely good night. I think that um, the trades they made were were quite shrewd. I think that the guy that they ended up getting um, uh, later in the first round uh, is going to be someone who's you know I think when you look at Jackson Hayes fits in terms of a, getting a center. I know he's a little more raw, but he. There's a there's definitely a pathway for him to to, to be a impact player. Yeah, good for Nick Zion. Yes, um, and I think that Nikhil Alexander Walker is just a, a great fit next to uh, not only Drew Holiday but also Lonzo Ball. Yes, and he could spell both of those guys in the backcourt. So I think the Pelicans really put themselves in great shape, and then they were able to offload that Solomon Hill contract. I mean, I thought they murdered the Hawks in that trade. Yeah, I mean the Hawks did a decent job of at least keeping ten. Cause they didn't do that, and they they don't, they were only stuck with uh with with what they had at seventeen. Yeah. Um, that would have been a disaster. Yeah, I think to me. So so, that was the the silver lining in in the trade. But I thought that they murdered the Hawks with that. And I I gotta say, New Orleans, it's a new day. It's a new day. The players they got are decent players. You paired them, of course, next to Zion, who's the number one pick and and a, a franchise changer. With the guys they got. You could see uh, a pathway towards uh, a, a quick turnaround for the Pelicans, which is so unlike many of these teams that trade away these, you know, big time superstars. Those, those are times you trade a guy like that, Anthony Davis. It's gonna take you years and years and years to ever get back to that level. Yeah. Even though this team wasn't a good team, they weren't even that good. But usually, it's just so devastating yeah. to lose a player like that. I think the Pelicans will probably be the same team they were this year, honestly. I think you'll, they'll probably be a team that's outside of playoffs. And they still have like thirty million in cap space. Yeah, and who knows? They may they, they may sign out Horford. Yeah, they may the end up, Yeah, they, they may make a move that then puts them back into playoff contention. But at, at I think at worst, I, yeah, I, I, I see them as probably being something similar to what they were last year. And considering you lost Anthony Davis, that's, that's you. That's a great constellation for us. But if I was gonna pinpoint some other teams, I thought did really well. Um, I mean, the top three teams, I think, all got the players that they wanted. 
And yeah. at the end of the day, if you got a great player, <laughs> you had a great night. Yeah. So I think that the Grizzlies had a great night. In fact, that they have now John Morant as a point guard of the future. I think him next to uh, Jackson is going to be electric. And, and I think next getting R.J. Barrett. I think uh, R.J. Barrett now becomes a blue chip focal point of the next future. It's an obvious sign of pointing not in a certain job. direction. It's not an easy job. The Knicks haven't had a guy like this in a long time. And I, and, I, and I exclude Porzingis from that conversation because, remember, Porzingis was drafted when the team had Carmelo Anthony. And the team was kind of team was kind of in a weird, like, oh, we, we are kind of building to the future, but actually, no, we still want to make the playoffs because Melo's here. So, and by the time Melo was gone, Porzingis at that point was established as a star. Yeah, the so, pressure wasn't on Porzingis to be great. Right, So, but this is the first time where the Knicks are going to come in, unless, of course, something happens in free agency, which we can talk about in a minute. Uh, but right now, it sounds like that won't be the case. Uh, they come in, okay, this is the focal point of our future, and we have a clear direction where we're going. It's more pressure forward. F- for a rookie that, hadn't, that wasn't drafted number one that I've seen in a while. One or two, I guess. I mean... The yeah. last guy, I mean, yeah. I mean, Ball obviously was huge. Ball, ball, ball was, you know. Ball, I think, had probably yeah. maybe even more hype and more pressure. Oh, definitely more hype and pressure. Yeah, I would say Ball. Yeah, Ball like, had Zion. Ball, yeah, Ball was. <laughs> Zion level I mean, Ball hype, was Zion completely manufactured from his father. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was keeping 100. It was <laughs> completely, utterly manufactured. So if, we're, if you're excluding Lonzo Ball, you know, I, it's rare. You see a guy, especially a guy drafted at three. Yeah. With the pressure of like the New York Knicks organization having seemingly missed out on the top free agents and missing out on Zion, it'll be interesting. Um, I just want to talk about the Atlanta Hawks real quick because you know I talked about their draft and you know people are labeling the Atlanta Hawks the next super team. And are they really saying super team? I don't know. Maybe I'm putting words. Yeah, in I, think, I think I think you're. I think you're. But people are taking a little bit more of a leap than they are. People are being quick to 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 jump to the Atlanta Hawks as the best young core in the league, and look out for the Hawks. And I mean, people are talking about playoffs with the Atlanta Hawks this year. And look, you don't think that playoffs the the Hawks should should. You don't think that playoffs is a realistic goal for the Hawks coming into this season. I mean, if they do something major in free agency, if they get a max guy, sure. I can reevaluate when we do our pro free agency recap review, but as of right now, that doesn't appear to be likely. Um, no, basically, you know, I look at a team that, I mean, what were they? One of the three? They had the third worst record in the league last year. No, it wasn't that bad. They were like maybe the fifth. fifth I think. Yeah, yeah, I think they may have the fifth worst record. Yeah, because the Suns and Cavs were were three. Um, I think the Bulls might have been four, but. Um, they had the, the fifth worst record in the league last year. Um, where is the where 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 are they getting better? That's my question. Like, I mean, yes, maybe Trey Young takes a step out, played well at the end of the year. Maybe he, he um, improves on that. But they're going to still be playing a team full of young guys, like a team full of rookie and second year guys and third year guys. Like, I don't necessarily like people are quick to jump to the team being. Like I said, like a future, you know, people talking about this team has finals, a uh, potential finals future, and I'm like, let's make sure any of these guys are good, like really good. Like there's you don't good, think that Trey is really good? Like there's good, like Trey, I think is a good NBA player, like he's a good prospect, but we're talking about the playoffs. It's a totally different game. It's a totally different. You know, they had John Collins is really good. John Collins could play on any team in the league. I like John Collins, but he's like their best player right now. Yeah. 
that's and you know, I, I mean, that's that's cool. They just traded Kent Bazemore today uh, for, for, Evan for Evan Turner, who I imagine they maybe view as an Eagle Dollar type guy. <laughs> so certainly elite, but um, they traded away Torian Prince too, who I think actually can play for Alan Crabb, who really can't. Yeah. Yeah, also I mean, I, Hunter. In Hines, I mean, I think that the, 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 the Hawks... Those, up, dudes, those dudes better be able to play if they're the not Hawks in the Hawks appear to be a year away. At least a year away. Yeah. Appear to be. That's to me. If they made the play... The East, the bottom of the East is so bad. I mean, you just look at the teams that were sitting there um, that were trying to fight or, for yeah, the last spot. Orlando, Charlotte, Miami, Charlotte. Charlotte, do they... Is Kevin Walker back? Um, it sounds like he will be, but... Okay, what if he's not? And even if he is, I mean, is Atlanta terrified of Charlotte? Um, is Atlanta, you know, it, Washington, Washington is gonna is gonna is, is is not a contender anymore. I don't uh, think they're De- better than Washington. De- Detroit. They don't have Bradley Beal. Um, I don't agree. They only had Washington only won three more games than them last year, and Wall played some last year. Fair. It wasn't like they won a lot of games, but, with Wall, but it wasn't was, like Wall didn't play all year. They weren't expect like their team wasn't built. Like now they know they can build a roster around Wall not being there. You can find a backup point that's legit or a real point, I should say, that's legitimate. Um, I don't think Washington's gonna be out of it next year. If Rui, who they drafted, who I think was a good, I think pick, Rui was an excellent pick. You know, people were kind of I don't know why they didn't him. work him out, but that's you know, another they story. They didn't work him out. They didn't meet with him. The GM or the the uh, interim GM. You know, in the press conference, asking Rui, you can shoot threes, right? I mean, he looks ridiculous. I mean, and he was probably joking, but, like, even then, when people were clowning him, like, this dude don't even know if the guy, the guy he drafted can shoot threes or not. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I think Atlanta, they have, they're building something nice. They got two top ten picks this year. But I, I always like to see if these guys are good because, again, we, we, we're quick to hype up young players in this league and uh, guys who haven't done anything. You know, the Phoenix Suns were last year, people talked about the Phoenix Suns are the next super team. They got Aiden, Booker, Josh Jackson, Mikaela Bridges. Half those dudes we don't even like right now, <laughs> you know? So, I well, know. I mean, I, I, I think I agree that I, I think there's a, the jury is still out. Uh, to me, the jury is still out primarily because honestly, I'm, I'm still not 100% sold on the guys they drafted. Um, I know you're a very high on Cam Reddish. I I'm very you know very wary of Cam Reddish. I I don't know if this necessarily is the fit I would have liked to see him go to. You know I, I hope that they bring back someone like Vince Carter. I think he'd be a really good mentor to someone like him. Even Vince Carter is like so like old. I don't even know if that's. I mean, he like he's a good vet. He's an I, excellent vet. I would have loved. I would like I always, I always talk about the fit with him and Beal, or even if he went to like. I don't know if he went to um, Indiana. I mean, I thought. I, I mean, I thought. New, I thought New Orleans would have been uh, a good fit. Uh, Indiana, I think, definitely could have been uh, a good fit. Though he wasn't gonna. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't, he wasn't drop that far. You know, but um, like, like, like teams I, I, with like great sure. basketball culture. I'm just not sure. Like, or a great Atlanta's got some good stuff going. I think they got a really good coach, but I, I, I do have some questions though about. Him and whether or not him being around a bunch of other young guys trying to figure it out is necessarily the best right. thing for him. Don't you get lost in the shuffle. Yeah, and DeAndre Hunter, look, the guy's a nice player. I think he has some game. I think he has uh, a role in the NBA. But I'm not giving up two or three first-round picks to move up to four to draft this guy. 
I'm not doing it. I can be dead wrong, and he could end up being the pick, this all star type the, the, the pick player. In the, va- in the vacuum, doesn't look good. But I feel like what 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 they ended up with, what they had coming in, I think they 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 maneuvered their assets well enough to where I can I'm not I'm not too mad at them. Like where regardless of where you got DeAndre Hunter, the fact that you got him and Cam Reddish, and what you gave you what you gave up, maybe a future a future first from Cleveland, took on some bad salary, and you traded. Torian Prince, I'm not mad. And you took on Allen Crabb, I'm not mad. No, nah, I can't. I can't. That's enough. I would have rather had Jared Culver. I think Culver and and whatchamacallit, Culver and Reddish, I'd be way more excited. But I guess they like Kevin Herter, which he's a good player. But um, Yeah, I just, did, I just thought that that was too many. I thought that was that was too much too much value for a guy who I just I, – I don't see – I don't see him as a star. I think Schlenk. I don't know how he becomes a star. I, I think Schlenk is continuing his Golden State Warrior archetypes. I think he, he feels thinks like this is who is this? this is Draymond or Iguodala? Uh, I think he thinks he's, he's Draymond, which I think he's off. No, but not even close. You know, he's a ultra defender. But Draymond can play point guard. Yeah, he's, he's never gonna play. Point no, guard. yeah, he's he's a he's a minus ball handler to me. Um. Uh. Maybe he's, he's an excellent defense player. I don't know. I, I don't see. I don't see that. I I don't see that at all. So I I wasn't crazy about what the Hawks did. Um, I tell you what. You talked about the Wizards. The situation around Rui was weird, but I thought the pick was really good. Um, I got to give a lot of credit to the Timberwolves. Uh, I thought the Timberwolves also had a, a really good night. The idea that they, they were stuck in a weird spot in the draft where they weren't. They were. Get, I mean, look at the guy who was available at eleven. Um, I mean, obviously, we know Cam. It would have been, it would have been, but yeah, it would have been PJ Washington, Tyler Hero, Romeo Langford, Sekou. I mean, to me, there was a clear drop off once you got the guy, past ten. Uh, the word was the guy they wanted was Rui. He wasn't going to be there clearly. No. They may have known that, and they didn't draft him regardless. But when they got up to six, they probably saw Culver was still available, and I mean that's I mean, it's good value. Uh, they didn't really give up that much. They gave up Dario Sarge. Um and again, who are you drafting at eleven? Sekou. If the difference between me drafting Sekou Dimboya and Jared Culver is giving up Dario Sarge, I'd much rather have uh, Jared Culver. Yeah, no, I thought that. And I don't even love the fit on the team, but I just like the player. So Culver, you know. I mean, I, I mean, they need a two. I mean, they they, they got could, a they, they lost they lost Jimmy Butler, and yeah. and so they need a they need a two man. I think that he fits really well. I think that he kind of. Uh, he the guy reminds me of Jimmy Butler, and I think that he kind of steps for right me. This into only that makes spot. sense for me if they get rid of Wiggins, because he gonna play. Is he gonna come off the bench? No, he's starting at the two. Put Wiggins at the three. So you bring off, bring Rocco, bring Rocco off the bench. I'll put him at the four. Rocco, he's he's better than both those guys. And I like Cover. He, he shouldn't be. The Covington is is better than both of those guys. Covington's I mean, one of the five or ten best players, defensive players in the league. Can't have him come on. I mean, he could come off. He means a role player, but like, I mean. For Andrew Wiggins and Jared Culver, I mean they. I would trade they, Wiggins. I mean, maybe they they, they, they want, want to trade but, Wiggins. Yeah. They've been asking teams for the last two weeks yeah. to take him on. Nobody wants him. Hey, man. They won't get a deal from him until at the earliest, which is uh, why uh, July. And look, which is why I just think teams should be very careful. They keep talking about they really offer this guy the max and this guy the max. It's like be very careful. No, they should let Wiggins walk. Who you offer the max in today's NBA? I think I, I like I like I like the pick of, of Culver. You were you were very wary what the Suns did 
moving oh, back to that, eleven and then taking Cam Johnson. Yeah, that, that was that was the worst move of the night. I mean, you are one hundred percent an opposite on this. Yeah, it was the worst move of the night. I mean, Cam Johnson, regardless how you feel about him, you know, I think spot up shooter, um, you know, that's that's about where the that's about where the evaluation ends. No, know? but I mean, he has <laughs> no, but he has more than a spot up shooter. He has some isolation game. Yeah, he has, some, he has some post up. <laughs> but we already talked about it. the NBA man, different different game. Um, you know, I, I think when it comes, to, he, he has the he has the ability to be an elite level NBA shooter. So I give him that. Um, but he's twenty three, red flag. I mean, he's a red flag for Brandon Clark, who was one of the best players in college basketball. You know, we've seen in the last like twenty years. It, it, his age clearly hurt him. Yeah, yeah, because he fell lower than I think a lot of people who yeah had them on their board. Yeah, yeah. The, the the he was a draft nerd, uh, wonder and, yeah. and, and and you know dream pick. And yeah, it was not for yeah, NBA darling. But, yeah, not not for these uh for these NBA GMs. Yeah, so um the same age problems as Clark, but uh we're talking to we're talking about a Phoenix Suns team that one has a bunch of wings. They got rid of TJ Warren, I guess to make room for Cam Johnson. <laughs> Which I, I mean, I guess maybe they think he's better. But um they got rid of TJ Warren, they're probably about the same age for Cam Johnson. Um and look, again, if you like Cam Johnson, that's fine. Could you have gotten him at 24 where they drafted Ty Jerome? Maybe, maybe not. Probably not because he's a great shooter. But it's the value of trading the sixth pick in the draft and TJ Warren in cash for what ultimately ended up being Dario Sarge and the 32nd pick in the draft ultimately ended up being Dario Sarge and Cam Johnson. But I think Dario Saric. That's what they got. I think. But I think Dario Saric. Saric fits well though with what they they're missing. I mean, they don't have a four man. They've been playing TJ Warren in the four, and it was a bad fit because he can't rebound. They couldn't. You tell me, try to tell me they couldn't find a point guard, which is the big problem. They, they couldn't find a point guard with the six pick. But I think they. I clearly to me they they they're. I think the reason why they didn't take a point guard, Kendall, is because I think that they're 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 prioritizing it. In the off season, as someone as someone who's going to be a veteran, they don't want. I think a a, a rookie. Oh well, yeah, I don't. Clearly, I didn't want a rookie clearly, too. They I, clearly I, didn't want. I wouldn't Kobe draft White Garland. Kobe, Kobe White was going to be on the board for him, and they, they yeah. Passed. I wouldn't have drafted Garland. Wouldn't have drafted Kobe White. I wouldn't want none of those guys. But you're trying to tell me with the sixth pick in the draft, you couldn't go around the league and find one team with a solid veteran like Mike Conley, who got traded for like scraps, Jay Crowder and Grayson Allen. You're trying to tell me you couldn't get Mike Conley. But you want Sarge and Cam Johnson? But I think I think the difference with those two guys, Cam, was I can't. No, Mike Conley is very likely his career with the Suns would end at the end of twenty twenty one. I don't care. Whereas, whereas, at that point, no. But then you're giving, but you're giving up a number. You're giving up the top a top six Man, pick. Watch for, Cam Johnson for what's going to be a, Ky, a Kyrie Irving rental, not the not the one year, not the AD rental one year, but the, the two year. Well, you know, after the second year, he's gone. Look, Conley build a respectable team. That's what we have to do. They, and they've if, shown they can't do that. So I don't know why you think they would so have, the, gonna, so they they have the build, confidence to think that they're going to be able to build a respectable so team. So we're building a respectable team with Cam Johnson? No, you're building it with someone who you can invest in for a longer period of time as opposed to someone like Conley who you're giving up. You, you Look, know you're, not, you're probably years, not going to keep. He's not, he, his window of winning is not the same window that they Two have. years of Mike Conley would be invaluable to that young core. To Devin Booker, to DeAndre Ayton, Having those guys have a point guard that can help them develop, get them good shots, easy shots. Now, I mean, I mean, maybe they get Rubio, but at the Utah Jazz already know there's a difference between Conley and Rubio. 
But they're not it, winning games. But instead year. of that, and maybe of, they but, don't want to win games. But, but they, Devin Booker, but he's talking they, about, I need to play in the playoffs. But let's say they add Rubio, and now you have another young player, but someone who's not the 19, 18-year-old kids they've been getting, and now you have Dario Sarge. They could have said, I'd rather have those three pieces than what's next. Or, or let's say they throw their full max money at D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell would be great. If they got Russell, so I'll now, eat, now you got D'Angelo I'll Russell and right. Devin Booker in the backcourt. I still don't love the Cam Johnson and, pick. And but now you got Dario Sarge. Now you got a starting five that looks pretty decent. They, Look, they they need to start adding. The reason why I, I one I everybody on well not everybody on the show, but if you watch our YouTube videos, you know that I'm a Cam Johnson fan. Um, I was really excited that he got drafted. I, the only person that was more excited that Cam Johnson got that high was Kobe White. Yeah, clearly, because I was very excited. Kobe White was really excited. If you want to go online and find his reaction to Cam being drafted at 11, but uh, I think Cam Johnson is a is a great fit for Phoenix. Yeah, he's a multifaceted three four man. He could even play minutes at the two. Um, he's an excellent shooter. He he reminds me of a guy that I really loved coming out of college as well. And that guy ended up being a really good NBA player. And that's Cam uh that's our Carson uh Chandler Parsons. You know, and, and they're the similar height, similar game. You and I think Cam Johnson's an even better shooter than Chandler Parsons was coming out of college. You wanna know who he reminds me of? This another a dude that I hated. And it's an obvious comparison, but he reminds me of Justin Jackson. Hated Justin Jackson's not six nine. Jackson, he's six seven, six eight. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, he's six. Right, so I mean, he's, he's six seven. So he's a so he's a he's two inches taller. Justin Jackson doesn't give you any minutes at the as a small ball four. All right, so he's a slightly more versatile <laughs> Justin Jackson. I mean, he's still in the league, so good for him. But I mean, they. I just feel like they have the same limitations. Same kind of deficiencies. I think Justin Jackson's probably a little better of a scorer overall, a little more versatile. This dude was a bit more of a knockdown shooter than Justin Jackson was. But I don't know. It just – the value is just terrible. Because around the league, if, if even if you want to trade Cam Johnson, no one's going to want him. Now, that's the only thing. Like, look, if it was me, I would have – Tried to then make a second trade. I think they probably could have got him somewhere like at sixteen. Yeah, like, I don't think whoever like was that. twelve. I don't think Charlotte. I mean, knowing Jordan, he probably would have drafted Cam Johnson. But <laughs> that's probably they were like we got to get ahead of Maybe, Jordan. Who knows? They could have heard something we don't know. But assuming you know Jordan and Miami and Boston, like those teams, I don't think would have drafted Cam Johnson. You could have gotten to 15, 16, and probably still got your guy. Um, it's just I don't know. It's, it's, I mean, all right, look. I'm all for drafting the player you want, but Cam Johnson shot 45 percent from three. He's six foot nine. I mean that's 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 not. I mean he. If none this you're talking about a, you're talking about a, a, a dead eye radar shooter. I mean this is not Justin Jackson. I'm sorry, I I, I disagree. When he gets to this uh, guy might be the best shooter in the draft. When he gets to his next contract, you know he's gonna be like 28. <laughs> But that's but Kendall. I think you're talking about the age thing. But for the Suns, that doesn't mean anything. The guys that they're the guys that they're trying to build their team around they're are 23 anyway. Yeah. So you can't think about oh well the upside. They don't want a guy who's 18 years old who they gotta wait three or four years to develop. They that, they're, they've clearly shown that they're done. They want to be done with this tanking thing. I, I, well, if you're gonna be done with the tank, I agree with you. I you know that's a good point. But if you're gonna be done with the tanking thing, don't give me a rookie. I don't want a rookie. I mean, I know they. I think they have the similar mindset of like, let's bring an old guy in Cam Johnson and, and Dario Sarge and a veteran guy in Ty Jerome. I like Ty Jerome, but I mean, this draft screams lame. Dario Sarge, Cam Johnson, and Ty Jerome screams un uninspiring. Like we're not gonna take the next level. Who got aren't winning you basketball games in the NBA? 
I'm sorry. Maybe Sarge does, but do the Phoenix Suns, EJ, on uh, the week of the NBA draft, June 20th, post-NBA draft, do the, NBA, do the Phoenix Suns look any closer to a playoff team than they did last season? I don't, they don't have a point guard still, so that, therefore, no. All but right. that's not something they were going to solve. Well, they're still but a loser the, until the they get a The point, Kendall, is that they weren't going to solve that in this draft. Because they would have had right. the Kobe White, you would have still said they're not closer to being. Yeah, a I w- yeah. I but to me, but I, 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 I would have been a loser. But what I will say well. though is, I do think this team is more looks more complete and looks more like a real NBA team than they did before. Because because right. to me, Cam Johnson's a rotational player. You have a they got a starting. What do you do with Josh they got Jackson? A starting four right, man. You giving up on Josh? Josh Jackson's a bum. Josh Jackson is you not that guy number four. And that I can't control. I can't control. Johnson I'm not look. I can't control what the Suns did with with. With Josh yeah, Jackson. Ryan McDonough. If you're James Jones, I can't control Ryan McDonough. Yeah, he, that, that's 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 something he can't control. He can only work with the, the pieces he has now. But Cam Johnson comes in as a rotational caliber player. Um, Dario Saric is a starting caliber four, man. So now you got a starter. You, you talked about you wanted a starter. They actually did get a starter. It just wasn't at the position you wanted. Yeah. Dario Saric can play. You got Cam Johnson. Uh, you like, you're the biggest Hydron fan on, on probably of anyone who covers draft content. So they get they get a point guard, a guy who will likely be the backup to whoever they get in free agency. I think the Suns did not do nearly as bad as people think they did. I the only thing I would have done differently was after I got to eleven, if I knew Cam was my guy, which I had no problem with. I think that he fits a lot of their their holes. They they were a terrible shooting team last year, um, and they relied pretty much entirely on just Devin Booker, uh, which is why his three point shooting I think took such a hit last year. You added another guy who could space the floor. In him and Dario Sarge, who can space the floor as well. So, shooting was a big issue. Jerome, Johnson, and Sarge, all guys who can shoot from three. All guys, and Jerome and, and, and what's the name, are just snipers. Yeah. And Johnson. So, I, I disagree. I think that the Suns had a pretty decent night. I don't think that it was the glamorous night people thought it was going to be for them. Because they were in position to maybe do something more radical. But I, 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 I was okay with what James Jones did. Um, I will say that I think in terms of teams that I wasn't crazy about, um, I wasn't crazy about Cleveland. Uh, I thought Cleveland, that, I think Cleveland, now, now we're going to be opposite on this one as well. I think Cleveland's getting a bad rap. And I don't even like Darius Garland. I don't like Colin Sexton. So you, you got to explain yourself. And system. I don't like Kevin Porter. You know I don't like Kevin Porter. Well, he's from at least early in the season. I thought people were talking about Kevin Porter as a top five pick <laughs> early in the season. I thought that was ludicrous. So at 29, I think it's good value. But if we're talking the Cavs draft pick, of Darius Garland, which is the main, you know, point of contention for a lot of people with this Cavs draft. Um, I feel like, one, if you don't like this pick, then you must like Colin Sexton. I'm not a huge Colin Sexton fan. So my thing is, again, if you dra- like I said in our YouTube video, if you're drafting a point guard, uh, it's like drafting a quarterback. You know, if, you, if the guy isn't good as a rookie or a second-year player, you're going to look for another one. You're going to look for an upgrade. I think the Cavs saw Colin Sexton last year, and he's not a terrible player. He had good moments last year. But I think they realized we need an upgrade at the point guard position. Darius Garland is a better point guard than Colin Sexton. Now, is he a better player than Colin Sexton? I don't know. He's a rookie. There's a good chance he's worse than Colin Sexton. But Colin Sexton is a shooting guard playing point guard and point guard's body. Um, Having both those guys, I think, could be prolific. Uh, you improve the talent level of the team from day one. Uh, right off the bat, you have better offense, better shooting with him, Porter, and Dylan Windler. Um, and look, Beeline likes to play with multiple guards. 
Uh, this is a game now in the NBA where you need as many guards, as many scores as possible uh, to win. Um, I don't know. And I think worst case scenario, if Darius Garland is really good, you can trade Colin Sexton. But give yourself as many chances as you can. To, remember, remember the people that were saying that the Cardinals should draft Kyler Murray and keep Josh Rosen? Like, yeah. that's how I feel about this. It's like, look, if you like Darius Garland, draft this guy, and then whichever guy you don't like in a month, trade him. But I think the issue with that not that that now that uh that notion, Kendall, is if you do that, well now you're not that guy is no longer going to be traded at his max value because the his role is going to be diminished because the other guy is is thriving. Probably not, but like in the like in the NFL, there's always going to be a team that needs a point guard. And though the team like the Knicks, but, they're but, gonna but, give up. But value you just said that Colin Sexton guard. is a guy that you already have a lot of questions about. I have so, questions about, yeah. But you're not alone, trust me. So putting another point guard there, inspecting him to and, and, and conceding that if he's the guy you end up trading, he's gonna look a little worse than he even did last year. Well, I think Sexton and then what are look, you what are you getting for him? I think Sexton will look better playing off the ball. Um But if you if you if you come to the conclusion that Garland is the point guard of the future and we're building around Darius Garland and maybe Colin Sexton, good or bad, isn't a good fit next to Colin Sexton. I feel like we've seen this. I can't think of the example. I feel like we've seen this in the NBA recently where a team built a roster and we're like, oh, I know what it is. Like the Cavs, I mean the Mavericks last year, drafted Luka Doncic, best player available, obviously. They traded up for him, had him and Smith. I said from the jump, that's not a good fit. Doncic is a point guard, and they drafted Dennis Smith who needs a ball in his hand. Doncic was still great, wasn't as good as he probably could have been, and they were like, you know what, we're trading Dennis Smith. I know we drafted him last year, but Luka Doncic. So my thing is, look, if it doesn't work out, you could still trade Colin Sexton, uh, even if it's an awkward fit. But I think it could work out basketball-wise. I don't think it could work out basketball-wise. Garland was not a defender. Uh, Sexton, Sexton has shown ability to defend, but you're going to ask him to guard twos. And, look, he's going to fight like hell. But as someone who has seen the Knicks try to put Tim Hardaway at the small forward, you just, like the, the two guards in this league are just monsters, some of these guys. And the idea that he's going to try to guard Jimmy Butler, I mean, come on. It's like it, he has no chance against a lot of these right. these these pit bull shooting guards that can get to the basket at will. You think he's going to guard Jalen Brown? I mean, he's going to have massive issues They're gonna have to with some of these guys at the two. Yeah, but it seems like those guys have a little bit of an easier chance guarding him. <laughs> like, they're not as scared. Than, than he was guarding those guys. <laughs> and he's not a bad player. Look, he averaged 16 points a game last year. I mean, yeah. he, he wasn't like he... Wasn't he, very efficient, but... No, he wasn't the most efficient, and he only averaged about two or three assists playing point guard. <laughs> so, uh, clearly, he has deficiencies. It's not like he can't so play that's my all. thing. Who are they drafting? I would have preferred them draft some. They draft someone. Like, you draft Jared to, Culver. To be honest, I think, I think they should be trying... They should have tried to trade Colin Sexton on draft night. That's to me the only way this would have made sense. So now you're telling me no, your plan is actually going to the offseason with 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 two point guards and you're gonna to try to play them together. And I don't see how that works. I don't think that these guys fit well. Neither guy really is a passer. They're both scorers, so now I don't have anybody who's really gonna be trying to get other guys involved. Um but we're gonna be a bad team. To, who do you want to pass to on that team? Kevin Love. He's pretty good. But he's, one, you he's, guys, a, he's, he's guys, probably going to the Hall of Fame. These guys, can, these guys can, can throw the, the basic post entry. 
You know, like but you say, you, that's a big assumption for someone like Colin Sexton. You Colin clearly, Sexton, he ain't watching play. He didn't much. do it much last year. But can Darius Garland? Darius Garland has been the number one point guard. I don't think Darius Garland only played five games. He's been the number one point guard. His whole He's life. only played five games. I think, you, I there's no nothing you can say for sure. He can do anything. Yeah, he didn't play. Yeah, he didn't play with any help. But like, I like I, he wasn't passing in the clips yeah, we see yeah, him he, playing he, in those five games. Play. If he did, it was a turnover. But I, I don't know. I just think the Cavs they're getting they're getting destroyed. People talking is classic Cavs. Um, I think what they're trying to do is insane. They're I, to, I, I really, I really do. I think I thought that they had McComb. a mis- I thought they had a miserable night. They're trying the, the Lillard McCollum uh, model. Uh, some people are like this is a disrespect. Well, like, this is a disrespect to Lillard and McCollum to think that you know. Or, was that you? This is that. Yeah, probably. Yeah, you might have said that. We're like this is disrespectful. Those guys took seven. It took like seven years to get that to work. Yeah, it took they, them a long time. They still McCollum was like a bust after his rookie year. Yeah. So, that yeah, that like that, and I know that that I've heard that multiple times. That the, the idea is that they looked at what McCollum and and Lillard did and said, "Well, we can replicate that." But McCollum's an actual shooting guard. He's a little undersized, but he's even but he's much bigger than Garland and and <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah, it? He's strong. Colin Sexton have a tough time trying to guard CJ McCollum. CJ McCollum six four. Yeah, like the Darius uh, 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 Colin Sexton is six two. Darius Garland is six two. These guys are short. These are little guards. They're gonna get bodied against these bigger guards who are gonna take advantage of them. They're gonna get. They're gonna be smaller against some other point guards. I mean, I think that this is a miserable, miserable fit. And if Darius Garland's the only the best thing, guy, the only thing way this works out is these two guys are just phenomenal. And look, if they're they're great players, they're fine. I, to me, this has. I'm, I'm not the. My issue with it has little to do with my evaluation of either guy. It's just I don't see how this works in any way. Right. It doesn't make the any best sense. case scenario is not really. Good. Best case scenario is they're both really good, but you gotta trade one because it doesn't work. I'm like that's still stupid. Yeah. That's still stupid. They should have traded if they didn't believe in Sexton as their one. They should have traded him on draft night when his value had been at the highest. Now I think that you risk his value dropping because you're gonna try to make him a shooting guard now when he's six foot two, and and now the the jury kind of comes out now and that okay he's probably not a franchise caliber guard like we may have thought he was a year ago. So I, I thought that that was... I, Sexton's a pit bull. He's going to make it work. Trust me. I, if there's anybody's basketball character from last year's draft class that I trust, outside of Luka Doncic, it's, it's Colin Sexton. Um, what we, what, we didn't we, we kind of only glossed over the Knicks quickly. But what do we think of what the Knicks did get, with Barrett, get Barrett and, 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 and Brasdikas? Getting his boy in Iggy. Se- in the second round. I thought the Knicks had a great night. I really did. No, I know I'm, I'm, I'm the Knicks. I'm the Knicks fan on this on this podcast. But uh, I talked about RJ Barrett at the top, and I think I think this guy Iggy can play, man. Um, he was not someone that was really on my draft radar, not because I didn't know who he was, but just because I kind of there's so many guys I kind of forgot about him. Right. But what impressed me about Branzikis and what I like about this draft class when when we juxtapose what the Knicks did last year is. The Knicks got two hyper-competitive players. If you looked at what they did last year, they got two guys who were raw talents, but sometimes, but guys we kind of didn't know what their what their mo was, what their heart was, love what the their game. love for the game was, what their dedication was going to be. But you hope that you could coach them up and get something out of them. They certainly seem like they're definitely on the right page with Mitchell Robinson, Kevin Knox, a little bit more showed up flashes. in the air, but showed flashes. What I like about these two young guys is that now you add these two guys who you don't have to coach up in terms of effort we and talk about basketball hard character. and playing the right way. These two guys have it. These guys have it. 
you add two, if you're going to add two young guys to your roster, a team that already is too, too young, at least you're adding two guys that are going to come in and, and work their tail off. And Brizdikis is from that same R.J. Barrett tree to me. I know, no pun intended, being maple tree in Canada. But to me, they're hyper-confident, hyper-competitive uh, players. And what I like about Brizdikis is he's a highly efficient player. He's great in pick and roll. He's great from three. He's great on spot-ups. He can score in the mid-range. The only thing that you have I have issues with is who is he defending? And um, will he still be able to get his shot off against... Uh, a higher level of defensive athleticism. They're valid questions, but I think in a game of spacing and and with the way the NBA is being played now, he, I don't know if he works 15 years ago. I think in this day and age, he can give you three, four combo forward versatility. Not a tweener anymore. And <laughs> I think that he's going to be a, he's going to end up being a, a tough matchup. I, he looks he sounds like a guy to me that can stick. So he, you add him and RJ and with the makeup they bring. I, I love it. I think Nick's had a really good night. Iggy's, uh, his NBA future is going to be based off of his, for me, it's going to be based off his ability to hit shots. If he, but if he's a shot maker. If that's the case, I think he was going to be fine because he, he he hit shots at Michigan. He had yes. he, he, shot, he was like 90th percentile when he came to, to, to spot up threes. He was in the 90th percentile in pick and roll scoring. Yeah. So he, he scored at Michigan. He's 6'8", you know, not a, not a lockdown defender, but he said competes. Plays hard, um, has some skills, can get to the basket. You know, reminds me, I think his ceiling would be like a Gordon Hayward type of guy. Um, if he keeps getting better like Hayward did, keeps adding stuff to the game. Um, but again, I just worry about the athleticism and the shot making ability has to be there, you know. Because sometimes we see guys get to the league and they were good shooters in college, but in the NBA, kind of everyone's a good shooter. You got to be almost a great shooter if you don't really add, if you don't really make other stuff or add other value on the court. So that's what I want to see from Iggy. Uh, Barrett, I mean, it's kind of similar. You know, he's got to be able to hit shots and be a shot maker, I think, if he really wants to truly be elite. Um, but, I mean, I'm just excited to see him play in summer league. You know, there's a lot of, you know, there's been a lot of hype, a lot of back. He's one, he's one of the more polarizing prospects in the draft, in the very, you know, in the draft landscape, you know, in the draft circle. In draft circle, he's very polarizing. Some people love him. Some people hate him. Um, I, I'm I, obviously I lean more so more so in that I'm not a huge fan. But um, we'll, we'll we'll get a better idea when the when the guys start playing in the summer league. Guys start playing in preseason. Um, but I, I mean, I love everything about Barrett in terms of what we hear from him. Uh, again, his basketball character. Uh, you know, the, the way you know he's he's. His upbringing in, in Canadian basketball, uh, his background, his pedigree, all that stuff is great. So, um, if, if I'm a Knicks fan, I'd be very excited that I have somebody that, even if you don't love his game right now, I think you'll love his game in three years. Um, speaking of polarizing, uh, I think the Celtics probably have one of the more polarizing drafts, and they're your team. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah very look, interesting. I, I thought that the, the length for pick, I'm fine with because. I just think they were in no man's land in terms of this draft. This is a draft where I think when you get to 14, I thought between 13 and 20, particularly after you get 20, it's it's you are throwing darts at the dartboard. But I, I thought in a rare 
time this year. I thought 13 to 20 was just like you're really throwing darts at a dartboard, and to me, all these guys are kind of the same. Yeah, remember I was, we were watching, and it was like once I, I want to say it was once Charlotte got up at like 12. I was like, man, this is, the, this is where we get to the point of the draft that it's pretty weak. Yeah, it's weak and unpredictable, and I thought that um, I think I don't think anyone knew what the Celtics were going to do once the guys that were off the board like Hero and Rui Hachimura and some of these guys were. They went with Romeo. I, I'm fine with it because I think that he's a high upside guy. He's not going to be someone you need to rely on immediately, but he has uh, more upside than many of the guys that uh, were around where he was being selected. So while I don't think he contributes at all next year, I do think that uh, with Brad Stevens uh, and their player development staff working with him, I see him maybe potentially being a player down the road. The Grant Williams pick, I didn't think was as bad as some other people thought. I I think Grant Williams kind of fits very much what they like you know they like these multi-faceted big men who can handle who can shoot from deep who can uh who can orchestrate the offense i mean the celtics when Kyrie's not hogging the ball they they've run probably the most some of the most motion stuff in the nba i think of them i think of utah um those two teams in particular i think about in terms of five guys touching the ball ball zipping around a lot of player movement and i think and the grant williams fits excellently in that System. I think that Tennessee plays a similar system to me than what Brad Stevens is doing at, at Boston. Uh, undersized, not that athletic. So those are obviously big red flags. But I do think Very that his skill level, player. skill level and IQ, I think match. I, to be honest, I, I got really excited for the Celtics what they did in the second round. I think Carson Edwards. I, I just felt like whoever got him, they were going to be in good shape. I didn't know who it was going to be, and I thought the Celtics really did well. I think that he fits so well with what they have done and and what point guards have shown they could do in brad stevens's offense brad stevens has made uh you know I, the big one as isaiah thomas but we forget about the 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 jordan crawfords we forget about how good evan turner looked shane under brad stevens shane larkin had a uh, great success playing under Rogier. uh under what's name and of course rogier evan, you say evan turner yes and i yeah. said evan turner so carson edwards to me he's an nba score i mean to me i mean i could be wrong but I, when I watched him play in, in college this year and watching him in that NCAA tournament, that guy, he can score with a hand in his face. He has a lightning quick release. He can shoot from 35, 30 feet pretty effortlessly. He's a dangerous scorer. And I think that if you like IT, I think you're going to love Carson Edwards. I think that he's a guy that could come in, and I think he plays day one. I think he comes in and he's immediate six-man type of guy, and he's he's threatening for uh, all-rookie um, all rookie selection. I really think he's that good. And I'm not sleeping on Tremont Waters. Tremont Waters is now really small, definitely more in the IT level in terms of little guys. But Tremont Waters, I, nobody can stay in front of this guy. You look at him and I'm like, how? why can't they stop this guy? But he's little, but he's, he's quick, and he's deceptively strong for someone who's only 170 pounds. And the guy's a floor general. I thought he was one of the best floor general point guards in college basketball last season. I like the idea of him being able to come in and run a team as a second or third guard off the bench. I thought the Celtics did really great in their second picks. The first two picks a little bit more of a hit or miss, but I thought the second round picks, I thought they were awesome. There were two guys that I targeted and guys I liked, and they both went to Boston. Thank you, EJ. You don't like any of these guys, I so I don't know how you... you oh, what do you mean I don't like any of these You don't like Carson Edwards. I don't, I don't like... Oh, the second round. Yeah, yeah, oh, second yeah, round. Yeah, I was like, I, you don't like Carson Edwards. You don't like Tremont Waters. You were you were right. very furious about that pick. Tremont Waters. Yeah, I was a lame pick. 
you know. I mean, look, he's a good kid, you know. Like, all these guys are good people. Um, that was important, it seems like, to the Celtics brass this, this uh, draft cycle. But, um, I mean, look, he, you know, I, I saw Phil Pressey in Brad Stevens' system, you know, and that's what he reminds me of. You know, I think he could be a good third-string guy that if we have injuries, you know, he'll get called up from the main red claws and play some minutes, but um, uh, not too much. But he's a late he's a late first-round pick, so I'm, or late second-round pick, so I'm not going to go crazy about that one. Uh, I thought there was some higher upside guy that maybe didn't get drafted that I would have preferred, but you can't draft. You, you can't always draft for best player available that late. Um, starting with Langford, though, um, I love the Langford pick. You know, given that the guy, the guys that I wanted um, were off the board, you know, Hajimura, Reddish, Hero, I mean, Langford for me, um, no one else I think I would have rather had at 14. Best talent available, most talented player available. I think that kind of goes without question, uh, besides maybe Sekou, who was just completely mm-hmm. unknown. Um, but I kind of feel how Nick fans feel about Barrett, where they're like, look, I mean, game into the year is the number one guy, so, you know, if you told me before the year we would have got RJ Barrett, we'd be excited. I mean, the Celtics fan, if you told me before the year we were going to end up with Romeo Langford in the draft, I'd be like, yeah, it sounds legit, you know? <laughs> I mean, with this Kings pick is going to be top five, top six, so, you know, <laughs> I mean, Romeo Langford can't be bad. Um, obviously, he had his hand injury, and the, the the Kings were better than expected, and we didn't end up with him, but um, I mean, we're talking about a guy with the talent level to be the best shooting guard in this draft, whether or not he uh, accomplishes it. A lot of it comes down to is he a good shooter or not. You know, is is the hand injury or the thumb injury that he had last year and the surgery that he had was it serious or was it um, something that they kind of fabricated to? I help will his say draft one guy? thing: there was a, the last time an Indiana guard had some thumb hand situation, we questioned his shooting. Remember, who, I love Eric Gordon's a pretty good shooter, say, isn't he? Yeah, I love Eric Gordon. <laughs> man. You know, so um, the one thing that I love about Langford. Um, the talent level is there. You know, I'm not questioning the talent level. But when you talk about a guy that, and I had this question with Langford coming out of high school even, when you watch him play and you watch him move around the court or you watch him in interviews and stuff, very, very lackadaisical kind of personality. Um, very, very much like you look, you can get the impression, does he even care about anything that's happening? Uh, kind of Markel Fultz-like. Kind of Cam Reddish-like. Um, but... When, I, when you listen to him talk and you listen to um, or if you, you, you read interviews with, you know, his coaches or you see what the Indiana fans say about him or you see that he got hurt and he went back and played through the injury when he could have sat out, all of that stuff suggests that um, he really does love the game. Of High character guy. High character guy. He's not a guy that's just out there playing for the money or just playing for the fame. Like, he, I mean, he didn't have to. He could have very easily sat out in Indiana. You know, he very easily, he, he looks like he's going through the motions, but honestly, I think that's his personality. When you watch him, it's very, it's it's an odd, it's, it's certainly an odd personality, but that's, I think that's the way he is. Um, Williams, um, also, I think he will have an impact this year. I think coming off the bench as a scorer, uh, Stevens is a guy that li- loves to play rookies, so it's going to be hard for me to imagine him not playing the number 14 pick in this draft uh, with someone like Lang- with Langford's talent level. Um, but... Uh, Grant Williams, I didn't love the Grant Williams pick, but high IQ guy, very high character guy, uh, maybe in the best in this draft, honestly. Um, and 
you know, you hope that he can replace some of the playmaking and skill level that Al Horford brought you. Yeah, maybe not from day one, but eventually. Uh, but he's a plug-and-play forward. Uh, but the Carson Edwards pick, you know, I said in our YouTube video, EJ, that Carson Edwards uh, was Quinn Cook. You know, I wasn't a fan. You know, who was he guarding the next level? That question still uh, worries me. Who does he guard the <laughs> next level? But I have the same question about Trey Young and mm-hmm. uh, Isaiah Thomas, and they still can't really guard anybody <laughs> at this level. But um, Carson Edwards was an excellent pick. And I say this now because, you know, I, I, I made an opinion about Carson Edwards on the video, but you realize, and for me, when I, when I watch guys post-draft, I watch them way more extensively than I watch pre-draft because, I mean, there's so many guys. Yeah. And I'm not going to watch them do like, hours and hours and hours of film. I'm not saying I've watched that much from Carson Edwards in like two days. Maybe I have, I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, um, if especially a guy at the late first round, second round, if I don't know if we're going to pick him. So um, once the Celtics brought in Carson, you know, drafted Carson Edwards, at that point, then I really started to evaluate him, not necessarily as, especially someone like Carson Edwards, that I didn't have to watch, like, film on Carson Edwards because I've watched him play. He's been at Purdue for a while. Saw him play in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. He's a high-profile guy. High-profile guy. So I was like, I'm not watching his – I'm not watching. I know I know, who, I know how Carson Edwards plays. He's a small point guard. He shoot. All right, whatever. You know, I don't want him. You know, that was my mindset. Sat, so I was like, well, got him now. So I guess might as well watch it. I protested that night. I was like, I'm not watching any Carson Edwards tape. Yes, I'm you, protesting you, the you pick. were an angry Celtics fan. I protested the pick. I still haven't watched my Tremont Tr- Tr- Water stuff. You watched a little bit, but, you know, still not impressed. But regardless, um, but Edwards is an elite offensive player. Yeah. There's no other word to describe. I agree. An elite offensive player. Uh, the shooting is real. Um, the defense, again, is a concern, but he's a very good athlete. Uh, will surprise you because he's, he's little, but um, very tough, strong. Used to oh, play yeah. football in high school in Texas. Um, and the 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 comp I gave you, obviously Isaiah Thomas makes a lot of sense the way he plays, and you can see it in Brad Stevens' offense how he would fit playing on the ball, off the ball, next to Smart. Uh, and I think the dynamic of that would work even better than IT and Smart did because IT was such a abrasive personality and mm-hmm. was such a – he was an alpha dog. Yeah. And probably, you know, like he was such an alpha dog that like – I think Smart kind of was hindered by playing with Isaiah Thomas sometimes. Cause it was like, got to get the ball to IT, got to get out the way, you know. But because now Smart's the vet and Edwards is the rookie, I think it, it might even be an ever, a better fit from a personality standpoint. But um, but the thing I love, the comp that I gave you was, think about what Russell Wilson was coming out of Wisconsin and how he had his negatives being that he's small. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. You know, yeah. if you read a scouting report of Russell Wilson coming out of Wisconsin, it's, he's he's little. Can he really see all the? Can he see over the offensive line? It's really it. Everything else is you know, yeah, it checks all the other boxes, but it's height. I wonder if that's Carson Edwards in the NBA. Um, we'll see. Now, the, Russell Wilson didn't have to play defense like Carson Edwards has to play defense. He's good on one side of the floor, um, but offensively, could he be Isaiah Thomas? You know, I I told you I think he'll be a starter for the Celtics at some point this season. That wouldn't shock me. Yeah, you know, I think. You know, I don't know what that means for Smart. I don't know if they play together in the backcourt and we go with a smaller lineup. We put JT and uh, JB at the three and four. Um, but what happens with Gordon Hayward, I don't know. But I think uh, Edwards will be a starter for the Celtics uh, this year. And I am very, very excited because, 
you know, to get that guy in the second round when Philly wanted him. Philly was going to draft him. Yeah. And we traded with Philly uh, for a pick that they had 33 and 34. They they traded that 33 pick thinking at 34 they're going to draft Edwards and we draft him. So. Um, I agree. I thought that. I thought that. I think Carson is a, and is, a is a player. All right, we're not being on the same page on that. Brad Stevens, from what I've heard, loves the draft because he got two Indiana guys from Purdue and Indiana, mm-hmm. uh, and apparently he feels very comfortable with these guys um, in terms of he knows exactly where to put them. You know, these guys aren't mysteries to him. You know, in years past, teams generally draft. Guys that coaches just they don't know what to do. With them. Yeah, they they're busy guys. Yeah. They don't they don't can't watch a million yeah. college basketball games. <laughs> you know, oh, you giving me Jason Tatum or I don't know what this means. Yeah. You know, you giving me Jalen Brown, but like, you know, he's got eyes on the ground in Indiana that can tell him. You know, Romeo Langford. Like that's why I'm I'm confident that Langford, his like the the nonchalant attitude that he kind of seems to have is not it's not that. Like I think. You know, if if it was, if he really didn't care about basketball, Brad Stevens could know, would know that. If Carson Edwards wasn't all in on basketball, Brad Stevens would know that. But he knows um, that these guys can ball, and I, I'm excited. You know, I think I think those guys could, are both going to be very very good players in the league. Um, I think that uh, random thoughts before we move on. I thought that Portland with the Sear Little, I thought that was a good pick. Um, I, I, I was not, I was very adamant about not really being a, a Nasir guy, but I think at 25, I mean, that's, I think, excellent value. It's yeah, good value. Yeah, I mean, the guy was the top five player in high school. Some guy, people thought he was number one or number two. So, Nasir Little that's the only other guy I think the Celtics is a freak athlete, a high defensive instincts, uh, low feel, low IQ, um, can work on it, definitely needs to work on his handle, but look, he comes in at a position that of need. The, the the you know Rodney Hood could be gone, and even if you had kept Rodney Hood, he he's, I don't think he's a, he's a future per se. At your stereotypical Blazers wing. I mean, the Blazers have been looking for a wing now for a, forever. It seems like so. Take a flyer on a guy who has a lot of potential, who was ranked high. He'll be playing for them in the playoffs next year. I don't think so. The way he defends, and the athlete that he is, I don't think so. But it wouldn't shock me. But he's gonna have to prove he can get shots. Which, um, I don't know if he will, but I so I, I thought the Nasir Little pick was good. Uh, I think that someone taking a chance on Bull Bull in the second round, I, it being Denver, is brilliant because Denver is, has the luxury of being a, a young team that can afford to not. People are talking a lot to oh, not yeah. to not uh, take a guy who necessarily has to play for them next year. They don't need that. They have plenty of other yeah. young, very talented players. Bull Bull is a high look. His medical might be a disaster, and that's of course an issue, but. He's a low risk at the number forty four pick, but the guy has a ton of talent. And <clears throat> if him and Porter hit, you consider the talent they already got in their squad. I mean, they're gonna win a championship. They they're they're a championship. <laughs> they could be a championship caliber team. So Denver is, is in a good position. People are talking a lot about Bowl Bowl. It's like you know, oh man, what a such a sad story. It it, it was unfortunate see him in the green room that long. But you wanna know who I'm really sad for in this draft? I think I don't wanna call him the biggest loser, but. Biggest disappointment coming out of this draft for me is uh, Jonte Porter, not getting picked, man. You know Michael Porter's mm. brother. Yeah. Uh, you know, ironically enough, you know, we just talked about Michael Porter, but um, he hasn't even been picked up by a team in free agency. Uh, it's, it's a shame because if he would have came out last year, would have been would have been a first round pick. Uh, gets comes back to school, 
uh, gets hurt, and then what do you do? Tears Achilles? Or he no? He tore his ACL I think a second time. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's a shame. You know, tore his ACL twice in one year, uh, and now on the shelf, and no team, no team even wanted to touch him. It's crazy because he was a lottery. He was gonna be a first round pick. Yeah, lock could have been a lottery pick. So that was a shame. Um, and real quickly, teams that I thought missed the boat: the Thunder, Darius Baisley. It's a shot in the dark, but they well, have they did the same thing with like Terrence that. Ferguson, who worked out okay. But Diallo, I, 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 whatever. I don't know what to make of of Baisley. I don't want to bang on them because the guy is hurt. But uh, Chumo Kiki, sixteen, for Orlando. Okiki might be a good player. I'm not gonna. He, he's the player. I'm not worried about. I'm not as concerned about. It's the injury. ACL. He's young. Now, if he gets a second ACL, now it's a red flag. As obviously. we just talked about. I don't you're, know. You're one. You're one ACL <laughs> from being. I just don't know if the Magic are the team that should be taking flyers on guys with, with health issues. That, Who are they that, drafting? Give me give me the name then. What, at 16? Uh, I would have liked them to get Nikhil. I think Nikhil would have been a much better fit for them. They had no point guard. Yeah, I would have picked them. But that, that would have that was the pick to me. Yeah. I, I, Markel, what is he? And the fact that they have other, they have guys like him. How many three? How many combo forwards do they have? Aaron Gordon. I mean, they got Gordon and Isaac. They don't need this guy. Yeah, I, I didn't get the. I mean, Chuma can, is a good player. It's not the player. I have no problem with him being if drafted. Oki, I just wouldn't be surprised. Okay, the, the best dude crazy. from the dudes that were available at that point. I mean, I like Goga. I think he will be that guy. But I, I thought even Goga with, with Vucevic's questionable return, and I know they drafted Mobamba last year, but he always used that in the front court. Um. So I wasn't crazy about really either of those picks. Um, I don't know what to make of Matisse. Thibel? He's a he's he, he's a risk, man. People are penciling him in like he oh, had one of the best stories of the night, of course, with right. his with the how much his mother's an inspiration to him and, yeah. and everything. But just as a player, he's not, the, he's not the sure thing that people are assuming. Yes, defensively. His numbers and in college basketball, he has ridiculous defensive numbers. Elite. Like it's, it's, it's like all time, historic. like it's crazy. Uh, three steals a game. Like who does yeah. that in a zone? And like what? How many blocks? It was like a block and a half. Or something yeah, like, like just insane stuff for a guy who's six five. But as we know, played in his zone, so defense is not going to translate the same way it did. But he is um, a senior, so it's not like we have we've seen him play man to man defense at a high and level. He wasn't. He wasn't. It wasn't the same. Well, but it wasn't. He was, the, but he was a good defender. Yeah, he was a good defender, but like he's not three steals a game, a block and a half, whatever he did. So that's why people are like, all right, you know, because if he was doing that as a freshman or playing when he was playing with Marco Fultz, he would have came out with Fultz. He had to do multiple years. Had to do four years in college. That's why I, I'm a little suspect. About Matisse Thybulle, of course, Sixers fans are suspect because Washington guards, you know, make them eerie at this point. <laughs> but um, I don't think it's a sure thing. If I were them, I would have drafted Edwards at twenty-two or whatever it was, twenty-one. Or I'm also worried because I feel like they drafted this guy last year. Yeah, that's that's another problem. You know, uh, the kid from Texas Zaire Tech, Smith. Zaire Smith, is kind of the same guy. You know, the six foot five, power forward, small forward type of guy. Yeah. Who's gonna Can't be shoot. a defense kind of specialist kind of guy? Uh, I mean, again, how many of these guys do you need? Where are they we don't even know if Zaire Smith can play yet. Where are they getting the shooting from? Are they losing Reddick? 
they lost Shamit. They traded him. He was supposed to be the Reddit replacement. I mean, I think in a perfect world, I thought Cameron Johnson would have been a great fit for them. And they Carson probably, Edwards would They probably great. thought that Cameron Johnson would have been available at 20 yeah, from how he was You know, apparently they promised Dybul, so he was their guy from a long time ago. Yeah. Which is, is, is a little bizarre to me. Uh, I thought the Spurs had a good night, too. Kelvin Johnson was excellent value. Kelvin Johnson at 29, and then and Samaric. Yeah, Samaric, yeah. He can he can play, too. Yeah, he's got skills. Uh, I thought he was going to go to – he was supposed to go to Duke for a while. That was the word, but – which would have been <laughs> ridiculous. But, um, yeah, he's a lot of skills. Um, seems like a guy that the Spurs can develop. They kind of need that kind of guy anyway. They don't really need a pure five. They don't really need a guard. But what they need is a guy that can replace with Rudy Gay. Eventually, if Rudy Gay comes back, or if he's not there, or if he is there even, they need that young guy at that four, that 3-4 spot. And that's what Simone gives him. Have you ever tried to give you a second-round guy to look what? Admiral Schofield. Admiral. The Admiral? Keep, keep an eye on the Admiral, man. He was one of my favorite players in college basketball last year. Um, he needs to extend the three-point range to NBA range. But that guy's a gamer. He could play on my He could play on my team. He could be in my locker room any day. I think that he's going to be someone to, to pay attention to. Yeah. Um, obviously, I mean, at this point, I, I'm all in on Carson Edwards. So, yeah. He's, yeah, I mean, yeah, we both like yeah. Carson Edwards. Uh, and Brandon Clark is a, is a first round guy. I think him and John yeah, Morant, no, I think him and John Morant are really good. I, like, I, think, I think I like Brandon Clark and I love the value at like 23, but what is, you for the Memphis you Grizzlies, think he plays, but Jaron Jackson is playing the five and him playing the four, not he's, being he's a, a great, great grind guy. But I think he fits really well next to Jackson. He fits well next to Jackson. Because the problem like, you have with him is that he can't shoot. He's but like, Jackson's an excellent shooter. So now I still get his face to floor, and he plays like he's seven feet even though he's six seven. Maybe I, maybe I can't. And John Moran's an excellent passer. We know he's going to be able to find this guy open. Right. And then Look, Clark always You get a good player at 23, I'm not really going to complain. But I just would have loved to have seen Brandon Clark on, a, on like a real playoff team. I agree. I would have loved that, but that's not what happened. <laughs> like, I mean, as a Gonzaga like, fan, put, I, would, him on, I wish that Rui Hachimura like, was playing for the Golden State Warriors next year. OKC would have been great. They would have got Brandon Clark, who they should have drafted. I'd be like, man, him playing with Westbrook and Paul George, like he's going to look good in the playoffs next year. What's the Thunder doing? I mean, I know I talked about them already, but like, I don't know what they're doing. Sam Presti, to me, it should be on borrowed time. You saw what he said. What did he say? He said, like, yeah, you know, last year, you know, we made a commitment to Jeremy Grant and Paul George that we were going to stay in the luxury tax and, you know, compete for a championship, you know, to be able to keep those guys. We made a commitment to our fans. Well, you know, we got them. Essentially, it was like, well, we got them. So uh, now, like, we don't know how long we can keep that going, essentially. Basically saying... We're gonna have to unload some salary cap. So, so to uh, dump the owner Clay Bennett basically said, like, "Y'all ain't winning the championship." Yeah, so. yeah, y'all, <laughs> that luxury tax payment they ain't gonna first round exit ain't enough for that luxury tax yeah. payment. They they got Paul George. They they were able to trick him into signing essentially. Some the guy was like, thunder, "What happened to uh, scared money? Don't make none." I see, I feel like the Thunder. I feel like they're in a weird position where the bottom could the bottom could drop out. I, I, really I mean, I, look, I keep saying if there's a team out there that's savvy. I know you don't agree, but this team out there, I'll go after Westbrook. No, I would not. I would not. I don't think any By NBA. Low. I don't think any NBA team should trade for Russell Westbrook, except for the Los Angeles Lakers. But they they don't have enough pieces to get him anyway. Yeah, but 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 like the I, Miami Heat. I don't think he works for any team. If I was Miami, like 
I would go after Westbrook. Because Westbrook no, gets other players. He makes you a playoff team immediately. And I don't know if he makes that Miami Heat team a playoff team. 100%. I'm not going to say that. He's, without a doubt, a top five player in the East if he's on the I'm not team. saying that either. Name five players in the Eastern Conference right now. Giannis is going to be in the East. Well, that's not that's, well, that's, that's unfair. Let's include Kawhi. Well, I'm not including Kyrie. He's not going to be in the East. And I, why? Why is he not going to be in the East? He could be on the Nets, which is our next segment. That's true. That's fair. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking, so Giannis, I, I he's better than Kyrie, but Kyrie, he's not better than Kyrie. Oh, did you watch him play in the playoffs? Did you watch Kyrie play in the playoffs? I'm not. I'm not talking, having, no, no. I no, no, no whoa, 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 Ky- well, time out. I, no I saw Kyrie Irving play in the first round, around that Russell Westbrook couldn't get out of, and play like a superstar. I, I saw Russell Westbrook play in the first round and get his behind whooped by Damian Lillard. By Damian Lillard. All right, Damian Lillard's a better player. He said he was better than Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard's better than Kyrie. So that's not a comparable thing. We're all right, all right, let's keep going. Kawhi. Kawhi. Giannis. Giannis. Joel Embiid. You don't think Joel Embiid is better than I Russell Westbrook? Fact, you are right, bugging. Let's give him Embiid. You're bugging. Give, me, give him Embiid, fine. You're bugging. All right, I'll give you Kyrie, too. Name the fifth guy. Old Depot is better than Russell Westbrook. That's crazy. Are you that's serious crazy. right now? I like Old Depot. You know, I don't really love Embiid. Oh, my God. Oh, yo, I, and I don't I'm like not, Kyrie. And I'm not a Russell Westbrook hater. I want to make it sound like that. I've never been a Russell Westbrook hater. But I do think that you're looking What's at the stats? looking at the decline. I don't care about his he stats. He had a triple double. When we're saying he shot like twenty three percent from Victor three. Victor Oladipo is better. Victor Oladipo. Now look, he's had a, look, he has an injury. So so obviously right now maybe is he's Bradley not. Beal better than him? And you know I love Bradley Beal. He's not better than Russell Westbrook. Like I Russell Westbrook, I, I, <laughs> he's a top five player in the Eastern Conference from day one. <laughs> I don't think he's a top probably player. top three when he's like healthy and he's playing right. Like it's worth the gamble. Like are there's people the same people that are like talking about how bad of a contract Westbrook is Westbrook is, better than D'Angelo Russell? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's trying. Right. He's trying to give you. I mean, I mean, this is right right now. He's trying to give you adjective. The same people. That, <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not answering that question. Oh my god! The, the same people that are that are saying Westbrook <laughs> is a bad contract and should be uh, he should be moved are the same people that are saying Durant is without a doubt a max guy with a blown Achilles. That makes no sense. Westbrook. I'm not one of it's those a top twenty players. I, I told you, I, if I was next, I would not sign. Like Kevin people, Durant. like it's a, it, it, yeah, no doubt. I'll give Durant a max. I'm like, all right, so thirty something year old Durant, but you don't want to bring Westbrook. Who's Russell Westbrook shot forty two percent from the field. Oh, that's and twenty nine percent from three. I've I've heard much worse, man. That's not great. Twenty nine percent. He takes six threes a game. That's pathetic. He not takes good. six threes a game. He shoots twenty nine percent. What what were the box score numbers? Well, the points, rebounds, assists. Production. 22, 11 rebounds, 10 assists. That's solid, man. That's very solid. How many steals? Uh, How many steals are fixed at? 1.9. 1.9 steals. I mean, look, that guy. And how many playoff wins? One? One playoff win. All right. That's that's more than (laughs) a series that they were favored in. All right. In the Western Conference. Again, in the West, good luck winning Russell Westbrook, your best player. But there are a lot of Eastern Conference Westbrook's teams. Westbrook's numbers, his last two years, two to three years, are in decline. And I think that they're, look, sure they, I sure hope I'm decline. wrong. So are LeBron. But he's 30 years old. He's had knee, not that he's old. Had knee surgeries. He, I'm very concerned about what the, 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 How many years the, the back years? half of Russell Westbrook's prime looks like. It already looks not that great to me. All right, man. I mean, if I were the Knicks, I would get Russell Westbrook. I would not Sounds touch crazy, Russell Westbrook with a 10-foot pole. 
these teams out there that are just that love losing don't like I don't want them on the Celtics, but that's because the Celtics have a clearer future going Russell forward. Westbrook makes thirty five million dollars starting next season. In twenty twenty two he'll be making forty three million. Then he has a player option that he can opt in for forty six million. He's opting they would be you would be crazy to sign Russell Westbrook to a deal like that. You'd be crazy. You'd be crazy to take on that kind of contract. There's a lot of teams that won't be able to find a better point guard in that timeline. But you don't understand that that what when you add someone with that kind of money, it it, it kills your chances of of being able to mitigate his declining skills with a, putting him putting a good team around him. Westbrook has already proven that he can make your team a playoff team by himself. That was not the Westbrook. You're you're talking. That's why my point. That Westbrook is done. That we're never gonna see that guy again. All right. The guy who had his thirty ten and ten, who was carrying the team on his back. I think that the reason why he's declining was because of that season. I think that he's a running back that ran for two thousand yards and ran for four hundred carries, and now we're starting to see him slow down. It's just I don't know. It seems, it seems disrespectful. Look, Westbrook. If I'm West- Jordan, I know I know he's a Jordan brand, super Jordan brand guy. If I'm Jordan. I'm replacing Kemba with, with Russell Westbrook. <laughs> I think these are the same investment. If you give right. Kemba a Supermax or whatever you want to give him, I think that's crazy. Even Kemba Walker a Supermax, but you're not going to give it to Russell Westbrook? Kemba Walker is a better player than Russell Westbrook that's today. Crazy. He is. Crazy. He's a better player. That's just disrespectful. That's not disrespectful, man. I don't know if the Thunder make the playoffs with Kemba Walker as their point guard next year. The, year. No, if, the, if they had Kemba Walker, they might have won two more than one game. I don't know because Paul George the reason why they made the playoffs it wasn't because of Russell Westbrook the guy say the guy who's at, uh, the, at the, NBA, the NBA awards tonight to win. I didn't say he didn't contribute I'm saying the reason why they made the playoffs was because and the tough Western Conference was because of the play of Stephen Adams, Paul Adams Stephen, but Paul George I'm sorry Stephen Adams Adam. making like how much money making like 25 million yeah that's not a good contract off the backs of off the backs of those Russell Westbrook passes I like receiving Adam but. He made he made Russell he Russell Westbrook made him that money. Westbrook Westbrook took yeah. a step back to Paul George this year. He he had no ego. He was like, all right, PG's the guy, and he adapted his game. I think he adapted his game by shooting worse, playing worse defense. All right, like, I mean, <laughs> he he adapted his game to the what Thunder he at, played played worse. At times, the Thunder were one of the top three teams in the West. But why, and and who was the man who was rolling when they were playing? Paul like George that? was playing great basketball. It was Paul George. This is my took, point. Who was the star player that took a step back, willingly, and they didn't? Right, but you're telling me that. But, 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 you're, but you're telling me that he should go to the East, where he would once again be the alpha dog of a team. You're telling me he's going to still be a top five player. Playing that doesn't make any sense. Competition. I, don't know, I, I, I can't with this Russell Westbrook stuff. Um, Kyrie, KD, right now. Las Vegas, the favorites, the Nets, yes. for both of them. You, you putting money on it? No. Putting money on the Knicks? Oh, am I putting money on the Knicks? No. I don't gamble, first <laughs> of all. I don't gamble. I think I, uh, gambling, okay. to me, takes the fun out of sports, to be honest. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't get why people are into it, but but whatever. Um, gambling takes the fun out of it. But <laughs> I saw but, some, but Vegas, <laughs> now, some guy tweeted. He was uh, he tweeted about the draft, and he had... Like he he like put money on Tyler Hero to go like in like the top fifteen or something. Like this was like before the draft, but he also put like 
<laughs> he bet like 200, <laughs> something crazy, like 500 bucks that Zion was going number one. <laughs> and like, how much did he win? Like the, the win would be like, you got like 15 bucks. So like, you really want that 15 bucks, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> It's like, what happens if I had, like, tears the ACL in a workout? Like, the day yeah, yeah, he fell off, fell off like Boston, broke his arm or something. Like, you never know what happened. Uh, I, I, I don't want to sound like a, a stubborn Nick fan. Uh-oh. But. You do in denial? I th- I, no, I think that there's, I think uh, there's still a lot to be determined. Not with Kyrie Irving, uh, per se. I think Kyrie Irving. That's done. That deal is done. I think that he's going to be a net. I know there was reports that, oh, well, Nets, they might not actually want Kyrie Irving oh, for some reason. I don't buy that. I don't think it makes sense. You don't think it makes sense that they wouldn't want him? I don't think it makes sense. I know, I look, I'm the biggest guy. I know the, the problems Kyrie can cause the team. I've seen it firsthand. Um, I understand the logic, but if you're a basketball team, look, Kyrie Irving, I mean, you made the case he's top five player in the East potentially. Better player than DeAndre Russell. I think that goes without saying. Obviously, he's yeah. older. He had bad knees. So there are reasons why maybe, and obviously, he's a disruptive personality. But if you're crafting your team around Kyrie Irving, um, we're not talking about Kyrie Irving and nobody. They're going to have cap space. So even if it's not Tobias Harris or even if it's not Jimmy Butler, there are guys out there that they can get. It might be Al Horford. I don't think they like each other. So I don't think that's yeah, I mean, Al Horford doesn't want to be anywhere near <laughs> Kyrie Irving. But it could be Nick Vucevic. You know, they're a guy that they can get. Julius Randle. Kyrie Irving makes your team better. And I think the Kyrie stuff in, in Boston didn't work out because, if I'm being honest, I think Boston was too good. And I think that it rubbed him the wrong way. I think he got uncomfortable being with being in a team in a city where the coach got more credit than he did and the GM got more credit than he did. And by the time he came back, the young dudes on the team were getting more credit than he did. So I think he got uncomfortable. And he decided to leave. But he hasn't actually it, left yet, by the way. Uh, yeah, sure. Legally. He's saying he decided to leave. Legally. He hasn't, he hasn't let, done anything yet. If he goes to Brooklyn, it's gonna be his team. His it's gonna be. I mean, he's a local guy, more or less. Um, it's gonna be his city. <laughs> I know Nick fans don't like to hear that, you know. But it's gonna be his city, New York. And I, I think that people, his agency is gonna be running the joint. I'll tell you, man. I don't. I think that. So even if it's not for well, one, just on the Knicks Nets thing, I think Kyrie Irving it would be foolish to think that people in New York will care that he's in Brooklyn. If they get Durant, they will. They get Durant, they're the biggest story in in New York. I mean, maybe one of the biggest stories in basketball. Now he's not going to be playing. I'm telling that'll you, that'll hurt. It it will test it will test many theories that have been proven over and over again that no one cares about the Nets. Look that, at that would be the biggest test for him. But I would still look at how the Clippers were with the Lakers. Lakers were still getting draft picks, so it still had hype. So the Knicks will still get hype every summer. Every summer, like, oh, we got James Wiseman or Cole Anthony next summer. I mean, that's still gonna be that's gonna be cool if they're really bad. But you know, if the Nets like the Knicks, like the Clippers had Chris Paul and Blake Griffin, those are the guys that are gonna be in the commercials. Those are gonna be the guys that are talked about on SportsCenter. They are gonna be the guys playing in the playoffs. I mean, KD. Well, first of all, KD is a it won't be playing anywhere next year. So yes, that'll hurt. So that's part of the reason why I'm saying that because I'm not anticipating him being. In the, on the court, yeah, it's two years from now. <laughs> so that's two years from now. Hoping KD can still play. I, I I still don't know. I think that these guys they don't know New York well, and I think that if they think that they're going to get the same endorsement, the same shine by playing with the Nets, they don't know what the hell they're talking about. 
what I will say is, in terms of whether or not I buy into this whole situation, I think Kyrie will, will be a, a Brooklyn net. It seems like he's come to that conclusion. Why? I'm not quite sure. It's weird. But, but Kyrie's but, a weird guy. But he's he's he as some he could have you know, he's done some spiritual. You seen his social media recently? He saw it in a dream. Yeah, he's like, he's, he's in, in China he's in Japan. or wherever he is. Yeah, he's in Japan. He's he's having a good time. I'm, I, I'm yeah, I'm I, happy. I, for I don't him. know what he's doing. As but, a Celtic fan that doesn't really like Kyrie at this stage. I, I'm happy for him, man. He looks like he's having fun. I don't know how. With all the stress, maybe he's not even looking at this stuff. I don't I can't imagine it. But, yo, did you see? I didn't show you this. Maybe I'll show you it after. Did you see the video? Or, I guess it's audio, essentially. But a guy called into a Boston radio station. Sounded a lot like Kyrie Irving. And he was bashing the, the Celtics fans. Saying, essentially, he was like, you know, look, they didn't. They had such a amazing talent and they didn't appreciate him. And now look what they're left with. It sounded like something Kyrie would say, obviously. And the dude sounded a lot like Kyrie Irving. You can't... It's not a guarantee. It's not a. It's not an, an automatic that was Kyrie. But the guy sounded like Kyrie Irving, so... I did not hear about this. <laughs> I see on Golf Digest. It's the only people that seem to have picked it up. Saying many people are saying Kyrie Irving called into a Boston radio show to defend himself. Um, I don't know why Golf Digest is doing basketball coverage, but uh, okay. EJ, man, you you should apply. GolfDigest.com is a writer. Look, people who cover golf uh, make a lot of money. <laughs> Let me just put it that way. People who play golf. Well, you know, oh, have to be good. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, I don't know. Look, I think I think the Brooklyn thing I, I, is fine. But I do think KD, I think that he has a lot more on the line. And I think that he's probably going to be taking a second guess, having not really had the – clearly there is some relationship between the Knicks – Brass and KD. Oh, that's very clear. There's like, there's yeah, there's, there's a couple connections. There are a couple connections, and to me, there's been connections made in the back channel yeah. things that that clearly ha- mean something to him. Yeah, these are these are everything. Everything the Knicks have done in the last two three years have been to get to get KD. I I, I I have some doubts that KD will renege on that. Renege on on that to go to a, a situation he's unfamiliar with with a player he's never played with before. I know he likes the player a lot, but I think he was hoping that it would be him and, and him in, in New York, not in Brooklyn. And I think that now, now it looks more like he's going to play with Kyrie on Kyrie's team because when KD comes back, it's going to be Kyrie's team. Yeah, and that's a whole different game than what we were talking about with him before. And I think that uh, when it comes down to it, I still think it will be either the Nets, excuse me, the Warriors or the Knicks. Now the Quint- I, I think Nets, I think the Nets are not in the game and definitely will have a good shot. But I, I just feel like um, it, for KD, Brooklyn's a more of a shot in the dark that I think he'll be comfortable with, especially coming off an injury. One, I think the Rock Nation thing will help. I think that'll make him more comfortable. But two, it's going to be hard. If Durant were healthy, I don't think this would be a problem. But do, are you expecting Durant to come by himself? Because for the longest time, people were like, he ain't coming by himself. And I didn't buy that. I was like... I didn't buy that, though. LeBron came by himself when nobody thought he'd come by himself. Durant will come by himself if he needs to. With him being hurt, what is going to be appealing to the Knicks for him personally? A guy that's going to sit out a year. What is going to be appealing about the New York Knicks situation that he doesn't have in other situations? Beyond, like, the off-the-court stuff. But in terms of basketball, it's going to be the obviously worst... Like... If you were playing, I'd be like, look, I can change that. Like, we're a playoff team no matter what. But is Kevin Durant really going to sign up to be sitting on the bench or to be a part of a team that's going to win 20 games next year? I think... That's going to be hard to... Now, if Kyrie were coming, just like if he goes to Brooklyn, 
He can rehab, you know, get ready. And that team is still going to make the playoffs probably. And then when he comes back, it's like, all right, you got me. Now we're competing for a championship. Comes back to the Knicks. <laughs> They're still hoping he can make, they can even make the playoffs. That's my problem. Is that if, Now, if you told me that they're getting Kawhi Leonard also, then I think, yeah, he would go to the Knicks because he has no concerns. Like, that team is going to be great regardless of whether or not he's there or not. And we know Durant, kind of a front runner to begin with. It's going to be harder for me to imagine he's going to sign up for a team that where he's hurt and they're not going to be good. Um, I do think that he's going to have concerns about going to the Knicks by himself. But I also think that he doesn't. I don't think he really wants to be in Brooklyn. I, I think that's an. I, I think agree. that's an issue for him. So, which is why I think the Warriors are sitting in. Oh, I think I think this is the only scenario where they could have had where he could possibly end up being a Warrior again. Is this scenario? So that's why for them, I think they they don't feel good because you know the guy has a bad Achilles. But they say, well, there's a chance we could still keep the asset that we attained a couple of years ago on Kyrie. One hundred percent. No, I'll say ninety five percent. He's going to Brooklyn. Five percent he goes to LA. Uh Lakers. Uh, Durant, I'm like eighty percent he goes to Brooklyn. Fifteen percent he goes to the Knicks. Five percent. If that makes any sense. So yeah, you really think you really think that Kyrie will convince him to go? Yeah, yeah. There's too much smoke at this point. I and people like I think Skip Bales making the case that, you know, he's the type of personality where if you tell him if 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 the, the, the Nets become the favorites, he might last minute switch and say he's going to the Knicks just to spite people. And I I don't doubt him. I, that so, kind of sounds like something Durant would do. Um, you know, in a sense, he might have done that with Golden State. But I almost say that that's what happened with the Knicks. I think it's the opposite. I think for the longest time, the Knicks were such overwhelming favorites that who's to say that he might be doing that? He might be saying, yeah, all you guys think I'm going to the Knicks, screw it. I'm going to the Nets with Kyrie. That's what that's what concerns me. I don't think he's going to then switch and then switch back. I mean, he could, but that seems kind of late in the game. I think these decisions are being made already. And the agency thing, for me, just locks it up. If they had different agents or different, if they were part of a different agency, I wouldn't be as concerned about, yeah. you know, about him going to Brooklyn. Now, look, as a Celtics fan in the Atlanta division, I'm not concerned one iota. About the Knicks getting, or about the Nets getting Kyrie and Durant, because Durant, I think, will be shot by the time he comes back. And Kyrie, look, he is what he is. I think he makes him a better team, but you know, I think, mark my words, EJ. And this, I don't know if this is controversial or not. I don't know if this is a hot take. It's probably biased, but the Celtics, the Boston Celtics, on July whatever, June whatever, are going to be a better. You're going to have a better record than the Brooklyn Nets will next year. Who? The Boston Celtics. Uh, I can I can see and that people you know are gonna be like, well, but they got Kyrie and they're gonna have you know Julius Randle or Kevin Durant or all right, people are are being quick to talk about the Celtics as a as a lottery team next year. I'm like, all right, they were saying the same thing when we had Jeff Green as our best player. <laughs> I mean, I I think people are underestimating what Brad Stevens can do with, with not a lot of talent. Um, but yeah. Kyrie and KD will be Nets. I think that that's that's getting close to a done deal at this point. Uh, the Knicks will probably just tank for another year, which I don't necessarily agree with the strategy. We've talked about this, but um, I think Kawhi. Kawhi is the interesting one, man. Mm. Kawhi, I have no clue what he's going to do. Yeah. I think he's going to go back to Toronto because I've never seen a guy, and again, in all of sports history, 
win a championship at the face of a franchise and then leave. But he opted out. I would have thought he would have opted in if he was going to come back. And, I mean, L.A., both L.A. spots certainly look attractive at this point. So I don't. I have no clue. Um, I also think D'Angelo Russell will be a Laker. I can see that happening for you. But it, there seems to be a lot of smoke there. It's just wild how that thing ended. And, you know, Magic not calling him up, saying he wasn't a leader. And somehow he's, uh, he could somehow end up people, still look, being... People were quick to to, to badmouth Rob Palenka, man. But if they get D'Angelo Russell, he will have turned that joint around quick. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, it won't matter. I think the Taylor Horton Tucker pick that they got in the second round was savvy. You know, the Rich Paul orchestrated pick. Clearly clutch runs the Lakers. But um I was, I think he can play, so watch out for the Lakers next year. Uh let's do some flames and trash. Let's go through these quickly because we're running out of time. Uh my flames uh for me, I have Maria Taylor, uh sideline reporter, ESPN reporter. She was the the number the, the head reporter or lead reporter for the um NBA draft, and I gotta say, I thought she had some of the most uh, emotional moments captured in an NBA draft in a long time, and they all happened on last Thursday. I don't, can't remember the last time I saw three first round, three number top three picks all in tears on the interviews they had with for picks Maria. that they knew were gonna happen. Picks that they knew they were gonna happen. I think a lot of it stemmed from great questions. Uh, I think a, a connection she clearly had with the guys. Yeah, comfortable. Um, she been covering them all. And years. shout out to whoever the producers or the decision makers were at ESPN for having um, those players have someone designated to come up to them after they got drafted and stand on that stage with them, with while having to answer very emotional questions from from from, from Maria. That whole thing was just awesome. I mean, I, I got emotional multiple times watching those interviews. She was just fantastic. She knocked it out of the park. So she's playing for me this week. Yeah, uh, flame for me, uh, the NHL draft, uh, we saw uh, my guys, the New Jersey Devils. You know, I talked to the Devils a couple weeks ago, about a month ago, when we won the draft lottery. Uh, We won the Jack Hughes sweepstakes. Well, past couple weeks, there have been some back and forth. Maybe they go with Capo Kaiko, a kid from Finland. Um, I've been all in on the Jack Hughes band. I was kind of like Nick fans with Barrett. You know, there was no dissension. There was no... There was going to be no other option. At this point, I was all in on Jack Hughes, no matter if people thought Kako was actually the better player. I was like, screw it. That's my guy anyway. Um, we went with Jack Hughes. Uh, and look, I'm excited now for the future of the New Jersey Devils. They also brought in P.K. Subban. You know, that's I know that guy. You know, <laughs> as a hockey fan, well, I know him. So, uh, you know, I mean, look, the, the Devils should be uh, interesting. Um they also have Nico Hershier, who they drafted number one a couple years ago. Uh, we still got Taylor Hall, who's the number one pick from Edmonton a while back, who we acquired in a trade. So they're going to be fun. They'll probably be a playoff team next year, which uh, is a big turnaround for a team that was one of the worst teams in the league and have been for a while now. So I'm um, excited for New Jersey Devils hockey, which I haven't said in half a decade. <laughs> no, probably a decade, but regardless. Um, a lot of people have not said good things about Jersey Devil hockey in a while, but hey, it was a big week for them. Uh, so much uh, credit to you guys. Good job, Josh guys. Harris. Even though I'm not a fan of uh, Sixers in the slightest. Um, Josh Harris, if you don't know, owner of the Sixers, but also owner of the Devils. Uh, trash. 
my New York, my New York Mets, once again, trash. I feel like this is like the second or third time I made them trash on this show, but they are trash because somehow today Mickey Calloway still has a job. He has a job despite the fact that he got into an altercation with a reporter who asked him, see you tomorrow, Mickey, and he blew it. Uh, he, he lost it. He completely lost his cool. This came after an, uh, an emotional loss in which Callaway was questioned about his decision not to put in Edwin Diaz uh, uh, in a four-out save situation instead of staking with Seth Lugo in a game that could have given the Mets uh, a series win in Chicago. Instead, they, of course, blew that lead for a team that has 17 blown saves over the course of the season. The Mets' bullpen has been a disaster. How Callaway's handled that bullpen has been a disaster. And today... He had to issue an apology uh, where he basically said that, hey, I'm an emotional guy and this stuff happens. Sorry, Mickey. This stuff doesn't happen. We don't have managers uh, getting in the faces of reporters and cursing them out. We don't have the, really one of the best players on the team so far recently in Jason Vargas charging at a reporter because you couldn't keep your cool. Who knows what would happen if Vargas would have gotten through and, and, and actually attacked this reporter for some idiotic thing you did. So, Mickey Calloway and the Mets are trash because, one, Calloway shouldn't be here to begin with. He should have been fired a month ago. Somehow, he's still employed. He then embarrassed the organization yesterday, and yet today he's still employed. And then he had this uh, this ridiculous uh, apology where he said, hey, man, that's baseball. I remember Billy, Billy Martin punched a, a reporter. Look, to even utter your name and what you did in the same uh, breath as the great Billy Martin, a world champion, Someone who's accomplished so much in baseball. When you haven't accomplished Jack, and you've been an embarrassment to this organization since you got here, I, I can't wait till this guy gets out of town. He is trash. The Mets are trash. It's an abomination what's going on in Queens, and it's a shame. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was pretty lame. Uh, Mickey Calloway will probably not end the season. As the manager. I don't know how he ended the day. I don't know how he ended the day as the manager. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> It's shocking that, you know, I mean, Gabe Kapler is, is hated right now in Philly. He's also very much on the hot seat, and he has more equity with the fan base than Mickey Calloway does. But uh, I don't know. You know, I, I think because this is the Mets, sadly enough, I think they they feel like they can skate by this. I don't know. Only the Mets could think that they, like could, the Yankees, move, they could move on from a situation that was ridiculous as yesterday. It was an embarrassment. And not do anything. Yeah, it was an embarrassment. Um, where's your trash real quick so we can get out of here? Trash? Uh, I'm going to go with the ESPYs. Um, uh, you know, I have, I have love for ESPN. Great company. You know, great brand. Disney. Nothing but respect. But they're trash. Uh, this week, EJ, uh, the NBA had their annual NBA awards. Uh, and they had Rookie of the Year. A lot of people thought between Luka Doncic and Trey Young. DeAndre Avon's in there as well, the finalists. Uh, Trey Young, you know, had a nice little push, uh, but Luka Doncic was obviously going to win MVP or Rookie of the Year. I don't know what the actual official numbers were. They haven't come out yet as far as I know, but I'm, I'm sure it was not close uh, on who the MVP, on who the Rookie of the Year was. Um, that didn't stop the ESPYs from coming out with their Breakout Athlete of the Year Award, uh, Breakthrough Athlete of the Year Award, um, and the finalists were... Uh, Christian Yelich, uh, you know, baseball player from the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, Saquon Barkley, NFL Rookie of the Year. Uh, Naomi Osaka, obviously J- Japanese tennis player who upset Serena Williams earlier this year. And Trey Young. 
<laughs> Those are the four. Not Luka Doncic. A strange omission, considering Doncic was the runaway obvious rookie of the year this year uh, and took the NBA world by storm for about a month or at least a two-week period. Uh, it's it's strange. I yeah, mean, it's weird. The only, the only explanation is if you're saying he's not a breakthrough athlete because he won your early MVP and a early championship. But, I mean, I don't care about that. I, I mean, I like it as a prospect, but I mean that that he still wasn't on the the the, the radar of oh, people in America of American basketball fans or yeah. even world basketball fans wasn't really on the radar, you know, as much as LeBron James, you know, as much as Stephen Curry. But he's now from what he did uh, with the Dallas Mavericks, he's getting on that level now. So I think that's the whole point. But regardless, no shade at Trey Young. It's not even about a Doncic thing because look, they could have put him on even over the other three probably. Like they did last year, they had Simmons and Mitchell. But the the biggest omission is probably Zion Williamson. I know he's a college <laughs> player, but Zion's the biggest breakthrough athlete in sports. That's Honestly. without question. Yeah. So to not have him on, shocking because ESPN obviously loves himself yeah, Zion. obsessed with Zion. So I'm shocked that they somebody I'm sure they're listening to is probably kicking themselves. Like, man, how do we we gotta change this ballot before people notice? But I don't know, strange. But again, you know, Trey Young certainly. Uh, you know, caught America's hearts last year. The last two, you know, the last two week, you know, hot. hot it wasn't streak. no two weeks. Stop. Two weeks. Two weeks. Hot he was. He was. Hot he was great for about. He was great about two and two and a half months. And, you know, garbage. This garbage. Garbage time in the NBA season. He got hot. You know, the numbers started to look pretty decent. Uh, but yeah, shout out to Trey Young. But uh, for Kendall's court, um, I'm gonna talk about real quick. Obviously, UConn went to the Big East. Uh, you know, I mean, that's that's. Obviously, an interesting move because uh, the American Conference, uh, when they split, or rather the Big East Conference and their Catholic school, their basketball schools, the Catholic Sevens, what they call themselves, split from the Big East about twenty around 2011, 2012, or might have been like 20, 2013, I think it was, um, created the new Big East uh, and the American Conference split. UConn, because they played football, was stuck in the American Conference. Well, I guess they just like screw football at this point because they're they're moving to the Big East anyway, which doesn't play football. Whatever what happens to the football program, we don't know. Do they go independent? We'll see. But um, huge news in college basketball that UConn is moving to the Big East. Um, not necessarily good for the American Conference, but I think you can replace them. Uh, you can find a, a team that's a better fit geographically and probably just as good basketball wise. Not many, but I mean, my idea was always Gonzaga. If we're talking about a team that is just as good as UConn, but um, regardless, uh, I, I, it's going to be interesting. Um, this is great news for for Northeast basketball fans, Big East basketball fans. UConn not being in the Big East hasn't felt right for a while now. Seeing in the, in the athletic American athletic just didn't make much sense, and uh, this is great. You know, the Big East look is never going to be what it was. We lost some 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 powers uh, in terms of the schools we lost, but. Getting UConn back, it goes a long way. You know, we'll never probably get Syracuse back. But if someday Syracuse somehow came back to the beach, that'd be wonderful. Yeah, no, nah, that makes no sense. That's never going to happen because of the fo- football. football situation. But UConn, I think it makes great sense for them. I think that they were hurting these years playing the AAC. Um, from a recruiting, recruiting standpoint, uh, it was a massive uh, advantage for them to have the Big East to say, hey, you know, you guys from the from, – from the Boston area, you kids from the New York area, you kids from the 
from the Mid-Atlantic area. You'd be playing against a lot of the kids you've been growing up with or a lot of your teammates from high school and AAU. You'd be playing against them in this league because we're all very regional uh, oriented. When you talk about the AAC, when you're talking about you got teams in Houston, Texas, teams in uh, you know, no North Carolina, teams in Florida, you know, it, it's, it's, you no longer have that recruiting advantage to say that, hey, you'll be able to stay fairly close to home and your family will be able to see you play even on the road sometimes. That's no longer the case. Now you're going to be doing a lot more traveling. And I think that's why we've seen UConn basketball decline a little bit. So I think you'll see a resurgence with Danny Hurley, who's a masterful recruiter in the Northeast. Now he gets that opportunity to, to really, really sell UConn basketball to these Northeast kids. It's a great day. It's a great day for for, for Big East basketball. I mean, I'm a St. John's fan, so it's, it's not good for them in terms of recruiting. But, hey, they're a rival, so bring them on. I think this is awesome, though. Uh, shout out to Giannis for winning MVP. You know, gave him a nice little uh, emotional speech. Um, so, did, did, shout, did, shout did they say what the vote was, how close it was? No, nah, I don't see the numbers, but. Harden, he didn't pull up, so I'm glad. I'm sure he. It's knew. almost told him that you ain't win. Yeah, exactly. Um, also, shout out to Lou Williams, third Sixth Man of the Year award, back to back. Is he a Hall of Famer? No. Damn. Can he get? Can he get? Really that? good player. I mean, well, here's the thing: the Hall of Fame is kind of ridiculous at this point. So, I mean. I really, I really, <laughs> I, really on, I really, I really want, don't want to say. I mean, Dino Raja is a Hall of Famer. I mean, I'm really at the point where I want to say never say never. <laughs> if I'm Lou Williams, I'm, I'm changing my name to Lou, Lou, Lou Williams Rodmanovich. <laughs> <laughs> so I can get that European international <laughs> vote. <laughs> I mean, Lou Williams only averaged more than 20 points uh, the last two seasons. I'm Lou Sanchez. So Lou Williams' uh, career average is 14 points a game. Three assists. That's not, you know, he's not a Hall of Famer. What I always say is, look, the book's not finished. The Clippers get Kawhi. Well, it's not finished, he, but he, he wins the championship next year. I mean, look, man. But to me, if he was, even if that happens, then to me, Jason Terry should be in the Hall of Fame. Jason Terry has one ring, and he was about <laughs> as good a player as Lou Williams was. And he, he was, I think he's six man of the year award, too. If it was all a, 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 a Hall of Famer. It was all interesting because he was a he very an, good he player. He an interesting case because he had, he was really a really he was like a borderline star at one point. Right, but then, then he became a role. Player. Yeah, then became a real player. Was like a, a key role player in one championship. Yeah, Finals MVP. MVP. I mean, I think the whole thing's gotten ridiculous. I wouldn't put him in, but I could see. I I think he probably will get. He in. probably will get. In. Once we look back at the Warriors legacy, like there will be people that can write history well enough to where they think that Iguodala is was a legend. I think that's a good place to wrap the show, guys. So thank you guys for listening to this episode of the New Generation Sports Talk Podcast. We talk sports every week. Uh, I know we haven't been as on our game every week recently, but hopefully we'll begin to get back on our game and, and give you sports talk every week. You can catch uh, weekly podcasts on New Generation Podcast Network on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. Not only we do we talk sports, but we also talk um, superhero content and Star Wars content on our two other podcasts. We have Game of Thrones uh, recaps as well if you're into Game of Thrones. So, plenty of awesome stuff on this channel. If you like it, make sure you subscribe. iTunes, SoundCloud, yeah. Stitcher, and tune in. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel, New Generation Media. Follow us on social media uh, on Twitter at New Generation Pod, on Instagram, New Generation Podcast, and on Facebook, New Generation Media. Follow me on Twitter at EJ underscore Stewart and on Instagram at Action EJ. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will be back with more sports talk next week. For Kendall, I'm EJ. Peace.